Welcome back to another episode of Director Showdown. This is Adam, and I don't think we ever introduce ourselves on any of these episodes anymore. Right, yeah, Brent? we do. We do always we? do, man. I think it's do just say, it's muscle memory for you, so it's something it? that you don't even clock. I just feel we like, always do. I think I feel like uh, we never say our names. It's always the you're always like, what? What's your intro? You I just always say, it. "Welcome back to Welcome another back. episode." I want, what now. the fuck did I say on the first episode then? There's no way I could have said welcome back. Of then. the entire podcast? Yeah. I don't that was probably just like an awkward nightmare of it was an probably, episode. It was I don't probably know. like this. Um this is director showdown and and uh, he, uh, <laughs> and, uh like like we don't still about... say like I don't still say uh every five fucking seconds. Uh, um uh, now now hey, everyone go. is going to listen for the uhs and the ums and I cut them out sometimes. When I say sometimes, <laughs> I'm talking like 2% of the time. I never cut them Subscribe out. Subscribe to our Patreon. $5 removes all <laughs> ums. <laughs> it's worth your $5, we promise. Uh, yeah, and I'm take. Brent. Uh, and this is Director Showdown. This is Director Showdown. The, f- the finale. The finale of our... Eight? Is it the Oat Show season? Yeah. Yes, the yes, Oat Show season. Yeah. And we already, finished, we already finished off right. And now we're going to be on... We're going to finish off Watiti with mm-hmm. his latest film, the yeah. 2019 Jojo Rabbit. And with us is a returning guest, mm-hmm. Eric. Hey, how's it going? Man, a twofer for the season. Huh? For, that's a first. Is that that's a first? first? But we talked about it after Eagle vs. Shark, and you were like saying, uh, go a little behind the scenes. You were talking about how, like, I oh, kind of want to be on for Jojo. And we were like, we don't have anybody for Jojo, so fucking let's do it. Didn't you have John on twice? Yeah, ago? I feel like we had John on twice. Oh shit, we had John <laughs> and Delphin on twice. Yeah, that's that's right. I guess I guess they because John Delphin did Thor Ragnarok and what before that and before that they had done The World's End. Ah, and after right. we recorded that one, we were like, "Well, we have a Marvel movie next. You guys would be perfect <laughs> Might as for that." Well, yeah. yeah and looking we, at the looking at the downloads, we were right. So yeah, um, we needed we needed a little pick me up from all that for all those Scandinavian uh, Marvel fans out there. <laughs> yeah. They were, did you know that they were like their podcast Countdown to Infinity was number one like in Norway or I something? Knew it was really high. I didn't know <laughs> some shit like Norway. that. I was yeah. like. Are they so cold up there? They just want to listen to somewhere hot, like Texas. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's like, let's listen to some like hot guys, like temperature wise, yeah, podcast about the biggest movies in the world. Well, I'm hoping this time we'll get a cover stories bump, which <laughs> yeah. is a podcast. We can plug it at the end, I guess too. We're just um, we're just bumping each other up a, a yeah. bump jerk. We're, we're writing. We're all riding each other's coattails. <laughs> What's that? We're all writing to coattails. That's, yeah. that's how you bring everyone up. You have to keep, you know, that infinite ladder where you just keep climbing on top of each other. Because I was going to say it's a works. rising tide lifts all boats, right? Yeah, that, the, Adam Smith say that, said that, right? The capitalist. I don't know who Adam Smith is, but oh, okay, a capitalist. So yeah, he's a good the guy, guy who invented. <laughs> he's the one who inv- who like came up with the idea of capitalism. Oh wow! Like the theory of it. Okay. Well, it still works. You know, pretty well. I as mean, an back then he was pretty uh, innocent. You know, like he didn't know corporations would exist. <laughs> <laughs> the Jeff Bezos would make fourteen billion dollars in a single yeah. day. Uh, I, I've referenced that same event like two episodes. Do you ago. have like a? Do you have? Do you have like a? A, a tirade against our Lord and Savior, Jeff Bezos, uh, <laughs> who, like, king. literally saves us with quarantine because he delivers everything to uh, our houses. God, we don't have to get into that. Uh, I ironically haven't ordered from Amazon since quarantine started, like, not on purpose. Like, 
I've been getting all my stuff through eBay. And oh, shit. My How's re- eBay with the shipping? eBay doesn't use, like, uh, well, I guess they, they don't. They're not owned by it, Amazon. It all they? depends on who. I mean, I'm buying it from, Isn't like, it private sellers. Oh, so, it's yeah. the, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as the post office is still around, uh, that'll, <laughs> that'll happen. Uh, we'll see. I'm not going to lie. I've ordered so much shit on Amazon. It's like, we have to, man, honestly. I am, I am ashamed, but, <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to admit it. Here's, I'm not the, a, here's the thing. Yeah. Get get the fucking hashtag ready. Get yeah. the the Brent is over party fucking hashtag ready <laughs> i ordered a bathing suit a swimsuit whatever you'll call it yesterday on amazon because i'm going to the fucking coast this weekend that motherfucker got here today before 6 p.m you gotta that's admit that's unbelievable like, he's that's, better than santa claus is t- what jeff t- bezos is <laughs> well yeah jeff is like a like a modern nightmare santa claus kind of well santa claus Free is always a nightmare if i get well cramp he's kind of our krampus yeah He's the the American Christian Krampus. Sooner or later, Jeff Bezos will have like um, he'll have social like social credit scores, and you get to like oh god, we're so close. You get to cash in like <laughs> yeah. if you've been a good boy or girl, like that Black Mirror episode yeah. that China's kind of implementing. Yeah, you get five star. Yeah, you get five star. Yeah, rating. there's like they have the the. Whether it's Black Mirror or like Meow Meow Beans from uh, Community, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's the same deal happening in China. That'll definitely make its way over. Here I love that China. everyone who talked about that Black Mirror episode, their one review was Community did it better. <laughs> yeah, well, and it did it first. Yeah. Honestly, like the Community episode did do it first. Uh, There's no such thing way. as originality. That's all. That's all. Admit to that. That's true. That was the first episode yeah. I ever watched of Black Mirror, actually. And uh, who dir- who directed that? Rashida Jones, I think. That yeah, she wrote it, I think, and it? then yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard was the actress, right? Yeah, the, she was in it. Yeah. Did yeah. she also direct that episode, though? Maybe I don't know. I think she directed a she directed a Black Mirror episode. I think. Yeah, that's probably the one. Then I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure. She was so good in that Black Mirror episode. That's like that's the frustrating thing about like the. Okay, I'm gonna go on a guys. Who cares? Fuck Just up. Go. I'm going We're on there. a fucking Bryce Dallas Howard tirade right now. That's the thing that sucks about. Uh, the modern like film industry is that like she's an incredible actress, but it's like the way that you become big now is to like hop into a franchise. So she jumps in to Spider Man three, does fucking nothing for her. everybody hates her. Everybody hates that movie. Then well, she jumps. I into- feel like you you are describing yourself as everyone. <laughs> everybody hates. Okay, okay, most people hate. Spider-Man I have a friend 3, who like right? completely what? will defend Spider Man Three. Not as like the best or anything, but it's way okay. better than. I, I haven't like, watched it since. Okay. That I came feel like out. there's a lot of people out there who just don't get on the internet and talk about how much they like Spider Man Three. It's like all those like Midwestern people who just like, oh yeah, you know, it was all right. It made it was a, a fun ton movie. of money. I remember because I worked at the theater when it came out, <laughs> and then they just yeah. buy the Blu-ray because they just want to have it. It's you know. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's completion. Adam, I'm, I'm mid tirade here. I got a lot to say about Bryce Dallas Howard, and then after that, oh, she kind God. of is like, just she, like she she's like Ron Howard's daughter. Like she has the nepotism. She has like, the right. There. Yeah, she has it. Um, in. And then she goes to the next franchise is fucking Jurassic World. She's like a complete nothing in that movie. She's just like a fucking sexist caricature. She's running through the mud in her heels. She's like a nightmare because that's how she was written. And then, uh, and she's like, that's the anchor that's like tying her down now is that she has to be in every one of those goddamn things. And then, uh, and then the black mirror episode comes out and she, 
is fucking great in it. And it's like, oh, this is like the vehicle she needed. And then now she's like doing Mandalorian shit. She's like directing oh, a bunch yeah. of Mandalorian episodes. That's, that might be what you were thinking of, Adam. Yeah, I think she, that was what I was yeah, thinking Yeah, she directed of, yeah. a great episode in season one. She's done like two of season two. Um, so it's like, I don't know, maybe she's just going to be a, a director like her her dad, the great uh, director Ron Howard. The what great, if we did a Ron Howard season? The most like the most boring <laughs> season. Like it's not a good or bad season. It's just kind of like, eh, you know. Like every episode is like 28 minutes. Yeah. It's <laughs> like today we, have, we watched Rush. It's pretty good. Uh, Rush is great. Rush is great. Apollo yeah, 13 is great. Yeah. Daniel Brule is in there. And I yeah. I have like a man crush on Daniel Brule. Yeah. Because he's one, a great actor. And the first thing I ever saw him in was a movie I actually watched again just a few days ago to prepare for this episode. Ooh. Uh, Goodbye Lennon. Have you heard of it? It's a German movie. I hmm. feel like maybe you've talked to me about that or we've brought it up in the podcast or something. I've never seen it, but it's yeah. It's so good. I've got it on DVD if you want to borrow it. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a lot of same themes. I mean, obviously it's Germany, but it takes place in um, right before the Great uh, the Great Wall. The Berlin Wall falls down and, or is taken down. And his mom's like a huge like you know East German loyalist. And she yeah. sees him protesting and goes into a coma. And when she comes back... The doctor's like, she can't have any sudden surprises, otherwise she'll have a heart attack and she'll die. So oh, he, shit. by this point in time, West Germany and East Germany are now just Germany. Yeah. So he recreates East Germany in her room and, like, does all these things. It's, Holy shit. That it, does sound, like, very similar to the movie we're going to talk about today, Jojo Rabbit, which, wow, like 15 minutes in, still haven't <laughs> mentioned the name of the movie. But, um, did we not? Yeah. Well, uh, I think I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, did we say it's a, yeah, it's a signature... It's, I'd say it's a no. Well, what's a my new thing? It's a, a trademark, a director <laughs> trademark. Trademark which, is such a terrible word to use. Yeah, too. we really hit it on the head when we said signature move in like episode one or two. Because like trademark insinuates like it's a capitalist uh, Bezos type move. <laughs> well, yeah, because like they bought like this move or something. You know, yeah, like, yeah. You no, know, they just just do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're doing JoJo, talking JoJo. Eric, were you talking about something else before? I feel like you were talking. Well, we had our. Oh, God, Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> oh, well, no, that was the end of it, I guess. Is that, that was now the end she's of doing it. Star Wars yeah. directing, and she'll probably fucking direct a movie in like six years or something, and it'll probably be good. But um, speaking of um, funny people. Yeah. Because Bryce Dallas Howard's hilarious, right? Um, Taika Watiti is really funny. He's okay. a really funny guy, and he does a great job <laughs> in JoJo Rabbit. Yeah. As. Uh, as as Hitler, as as Adolf Hitler. <laughs> um, so wanna, yeah, first impressions. Um, first impression. Let's hear what y'all's first um, about you experience. Eric. What, yeah. what was your yeah? Like you were talking a little before the podcast about going into this movie. So uh, just the little background. I I saw the trailer for this. Uh, my friend Milo from work showed it to me because he knew that I was really getting into Taika Waititi after Ragnarok came out, and. Um, Without any context, he gave he sent me the trailer, and I was like, "This looks great. This looks like he's like kind of doing Wes Anderson." And then Hitler shows up, and I was like, "Holy shit! I, I don't know if I can enjoy this. I don't know if I can like this." Uh, and then after watching the trailer a few times, it just reminded me so much of my favorite Mel Brooks movie, Blazing Saddles, yeah. but in a completely different context. And there's that whole argument about how you can't make Blazing Saddles in 2019, 2018, whatever year it is. And I think this is proof that you can if you do it smart and if you do it smart. sincerely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just, yeah, like this this movie is kind of a good example of like what would happen if you made a Blazing Saddles type movie today. 
Um, I think, I think that comparison will, will definitely bring up again. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like when, when you saw the movie, Eric, uh, what was like, I loved it. Takeaway? Yeah. I, I cried and I cried a lot of movies. So I know it's not saying much, but you it- heard it here first. Eric <laughs> cries for Nazis. Uh Oh, I cry for <laughs> Nazis. Eric is over <laughs> party. No, no. I didn't say which part I cried. <laughs> Uh, we all cried when Sam Rockwell did his thing. Dude, no one can lie about that part. That part is so that, heartbreaking that part, and uh, great. Fucking Rockwell, man. Yeah. Just rocking the fucking house as usual. Yeah. Right? I mean, what, yeah. what was that the part? I'm trying to well, get I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, well, Rosie curious. dying. Him finding Rosie. Oh, yeah. That's, that scene sure. is a fucking sledgehammer. And, yeah. yeah. God damn. You're not like you're expecting something to bad to happen i'm sure we'll get into this later when when the actual like interrogation scene when the uh, gestapo stops in and your heart's like racing thinking something bad's gonna happen and then they're saved and then five minutes later he's chasing a butterfly and sees his mom Mm -hmm. and um and you i i kind of look at this when i first saw it i kind of watched a little analytically just to like look at different things about it and i kind of regret doing it i wish i would have just sat back and enjoyed it the first time but i noticed her shoes and like him him not being able to tie his shoes i'm like oh i bet something's gonna happen with like shoes and they show her shoes and i was like god why did like why did i even anticipate this but Mm. it's something i wasn't expecting they i mean they definitely foreshadow it too you know and that she's She's not like leading a rebellion or anything, but she's definitely part of a rebellion within. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was just heartbreaking. That uh, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. I, the first time I I watched it, I I really didn't clock that they were doing that at all. And so the kind of payoff with the shoes, uh, yeah, that that scene fucking hit me really hard. And I was also like at the same time like, oh, that's fucking clever. That's yeah. like really clever visual stuff that shows that like Waititi is like growing as like a, a director as like somebody yeah, he who looked shoots. to he looked to his hero Quinn Tarantino and said what can I do with shoes <laughs> with shoes well with shoes not feet in, in that <laughs> oh. fairness, I don't think there's any feet in here <laughs> believe me Quinn Tarantino is not just about feet he's all about <laughs> shoes as well oh man if you watch Reservoir Dogs dude like as many good shoe work in that movie. Yeah, sure. like I'm a shoe fetishist because of him. Because <laughs> like I've watched that movie so many times that like the amount of close-ups on Mr. Blonde's like cowboy boots, and you're like, this guy, this guy just likes shoes and feet, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything going on there? But anyway, sorry to steer it off to no. Feet. That, that that's yeah. pretty much what I wanted to say. Like yeah. uh, that. That that scene. Well, when when did you see it, Brent? Like, how, uh, how I, I watched I watched like a a oh version of this my movie. God. Late Another last strike. year. Listen, I'm I'm sorry. I listen. I can't get out to the listen. theaters much. <laughs> I watched a version of this movie on my computer. Like, I got a version on the computer late mm. late last year. Mm. Uh, just trying to catch up on the. It, this came out last year, 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, 2019 feels like it was uh, 10 years ago now. How so, many cars uh, have you downloaded in the last year, sir? How many cars films? Is that what you said? No, how many cars have you downloaded? Oh, oh that's yeah, right. That's you wouldn't a steal a car. Yeah, that's, yeah, a good, yeah, that's a good joke. There it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now it's even funnier. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, no. And then uh, Amy and I watched it, and uh, and we both like liked it a lot. Oh. And... Um, 
Yeah, I, I just I I really enjoyed it. It it wasn't a movie that really blew me away. Yeah, because from what I from what I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is that you told me that you weren't really like like you liked it, but you weren't really like vibing with it or something like that. Like it was something that it, wasn't like yeah. resonated too much. It was you? it was a th- it was a thing where um, yeah. when you see a lot of uh, people coming out with like a like an opinion, and it's it's very. A very strong, positive opinion, yeah, and like I didn't really hyperbole. have. Yeah, a yeah, little, little. It felt to me a little hyperbolic to mm-hmm. to what I, you know, the movie I actually ended up seeing. And I was still like, in this viewing, I think really helped me gauge mm. like my actual opinion, which is kind of still in a similar zone. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I still liked it a lot, and I think it's like, I don't know. We'll talk rankings at the end of this. I, I but I think it's like I don't think it's YTD's best movie. Right. I don't yeah. think it's his worst. I think it's like they're in the middle. He's doing a lot of the kind of like YTD stuff. We'll, well, we'll definitely f- talk about Boy. Yeah. Again, of which course. is like yeah. fascinating to me that like Boy is like the Rosetta Stone for like every movie he's made. I like that Rosetta Stone is a great. Uh, I, I stole that from script. some other podcast. Oh, but, but hopefully people aren't. Familiar. I shouldn't have even said that. I should have said. You thank know, you, you have Adam. to call them out. For, I, it was. I I've think, said like, that check. before. Okay. I don't yeah, know. If, yeah. Uh, um, I, well, I've Rosetta Stone is just a great like yeah. you know word to yeah. use for like it's, a key. It's, instead of using key, you use Rosetta Stone. Yeah, it's it's but it's interesting because it's like he's doing very similar things to what he did with boy, but it's, um, and it's, in, it's in a different setting. It's in a setting that has like emotional resonance to even, yeah, even with all of us to him as a, as yeah. a half Jewish man, like, um, which is, yeah, which is, I think why he felt okay doing Hitler. Cause he was like, fuck this guy. Like if anybody's going to portray him, it should be a Jew that mm. like has that kind of power over, over a portrayal of somebody, I guess. Mm. Um, I think but, right from, uh, right from yeah. the get-go, when he first appears in the movie, his eyes are extremely bright green. And I felt like that was just so intentional because you don't really <laughs> see that. I mean, yeah, they are green throughout the whole movie, but like you don't really see that throughout the rest of it. And I just feel like this is like not only like, hey, I'm Hitler, but it's also very much like, yeah, it's me, guys. Like it just felt yeah. like it was it was obviously like he's showing like hey, I'm cosplaying, you know, and it almost felt For like sure. – this is going to be the, the the mood for the rest of the movie. Mm. Yeah, and it's very. Uh, I mean, he plays him like a total fucking doofus too. <laughs> like he plays him like a total. I mean, he's a caricature. It's like going yeah. back to like uh, like Chaplin or something, right? Like Charlie Chaplin, how the he great did, dictator, yeah. yeah, yeah, like played uh, Hitler back then. It's like I, I think he definitely is like indebted to those kind of early portrayals and and stuff like that. Uh, What about you, Adam? Well, you saw it for the first time. That's right. I saw it for the first time last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I went in, I, uh, you know, I heard a lot of great things and, uh, you know, to be honest, like I'm, I'm kind of over, I mean, recently I've been over anything that's like about Hitler or, uh, Nazi Germany or World War II because it's such an overplayed trope that it's essentially become like a like it, it's become a, a a means of just portraying an objective evil and it's really overplayed and it's just like even in our politics today it's like everyone just throws around the word fascism and Nazi as something that is like a way a derogatory thing and it just like it kind of just like all right like that's in the past now we already know about hitler 
and let's move on. So I was ho- I was kind of worried about this movie being like something that's something that, that's preachy and something that's like, you know, just like oh Hitler bad, you know Hitler bad and Germany bad, mm-hmm. and Jew Jews Jews suffered. And we all know that already. But like, what 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 could this bring new to the table? And luckily, I was pleasantly surprised with this movie when I watched it. And the first thing wasn't even like that deconstruction that I broke down. But mainly that it was just a fucking funny movie. Like it was just like it was just hilarious. Like the lines. That's what hit me the second. Yeah, yeah, the second rewatch is like, oh, dude, he's got so many good fucking There's lines so many great and like lines zingers in this movie. Yeah, the first. Yeah, this is the first thing I really liked about the movie was lines, and the second was just like the char- the the characters. I think my favorite was Yorkie because he's so adorable. <laughs> Yorkie, little Nick. He's Frost. barely there. He's little barely Nick in Frost the movie. Too. Yeah, and he just hugs like JoJo every like he's every so time they hug. Nice and like adorable. He's like. Oh, that's. I oh, guess that's I'm great. just a fat kid. Oh, God, I fucked it up. God damn it! I guess I'm just a kid in a fat kid's body. Like the, one of the first lines he says, that's so good. Oh, that's great, Jojo. You have a girlfriend, like some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Jojo. There's there's much worse things to worry about than Jews. I heard Russians they raped. Yeah, they, 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 they have sex with your dog <laughs> and they eat your kids. And yeah, like. he's and he's like, I can't like he couldn't die in this movie, which is also hilarious because I think that was like his just innocence was so pure that there was no way he was like yeah. immune to just die. for sure because yeah. he was so many precarious situations. But also like everyone else, like uh, Sam Rockwell would be next one. Next one up, the the obviously like. Uh, you know the the hidden gay uh, mm-hmm. character in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, Taika Waititi handled his character very well, as opposed to being pandering. I mean the the costume was a little little bit of a pander. It's so but epic. It's though. still great. The reveal is so good. Yeah, like how <laughs> how he comes out in that costume is very dare I say fabulous. It's <laughs> um, a good costume and with then, the eyeliner. Yeah. Don't forget the eyeliner. And, it, and eyeliner is his great, secret yeah. boyfriend uh Beyond Beyond <laughs> God y'all remembered that that end. show is evaporating out of my brain. <laughs> and Rebel uh, Wilson was actually tolerable. She in this was movie. funny. I thought she was really funny in it. She's because very because there wasn't character. too much of her in it. I think There's a, she's yeah. a lot like Ken Jeong. Yeah. Where like I yeah. Yeah. Ken Jeong's hilarious in small doses, but yeah. when he's like the star, it just kind of like all right, man, it's the same shtick. But yeah. he can look be at, really funny. See, five to put community. it in a positive yeah. spin, <laughs> Rebel Wilson is like she's very potent. So you kind of. Yeah, you, you, you got. She got a strong flavor. You just so gotta like, yeah. sprinkle her in a little bit, or yeah. else you'll ruin the whole stew if you put too much of her in. You know, <laughs> too rich of a chocolate cake, and you know yeah. you just can't eat the whole thing. But it's, that first bite is like, oh man, this is what's up. Whoa, yeah. Her her like little scooch over scene on the bench is like mm-hmm. very like. Yeah, you brought up Wes Anderson. I'll bring up Edgar Wright. This movie feels heavily influenced by both. To me, at least, I think. I think. Definitely Wes Anderson. 100%. Yeah, the the Wes Anderson stuff I think is is a big influence on, and it's it's I think it's always been the case. It's like when we look back on like even just how he shoots stuff in like Boy or Eagle vs Shark. It's like I I see that influence there. The color palette too. Yes, the color palette. Yeah, and the symmetry is a lot of like um, is is what he does, and also the juxtaposition with like very like whimsical themes crossed with like kind of disturbing like 
scenes. Very like Grand you know Budapest I mean? Hotel. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it's not, it's not jarring. It, it's like jarring in a way that conveys the point, as opposed to just doing it for the purposes of like, yeah, um, pissing you off or something. You know? I now, yeah, now that that's kind of been thrown out, the Wes Anderson um, thing. I, I think like uh, I like this movie a lot, and I don't want to be. I don't know. Like I, I don't. I don't really have much like a ton of criticism on it. Honestly, I don't think. But um, I think it's a little safe. Honestly, no. I you, think this, you can say that. Yeah, I, I think honestly, like when what I expected, mm. I guess before I went into it was something with a little bit more bite to it, mm. and I just feel like the movie kind of at multiple. And there are exceptions. There's like I think the reveal of uh, Rosie as mom dying is is very like emotionally powerful but i i just think that it could have and i guess balancing like what you said adam with like the the kind of preachiness of it it's like the, it's i almost just wish there was more bite to it like, and i think about a movie like grand budapest hotel where there are multiple sequences in that movie where you're like fuck man this is like getting really real and i i didn't ever quite feel that with this movie do, do you I f- guess what do you feel like is a, is the a lens that Taika is trying to convey here though with with um his themes and messaging if if he's trying to convey us something I'm I'm trying to keep this vague so you can you can do it yourself you know mm-hmm. um that doesn't need the bite is that nece- like it, it is it necessary to have such bite mm. you know what I'm saying like if you have yeah if you have something that's supposed to be like Lighthearted, I guess there's so. no it's necessarily PG-13. need, yeah, bite per se, right? That's fair, that's definitely a fair thing to say. Like, it's like Grand, Grand Budapest. I'm just trying to give you like a, yeah, no, like Grand Budapest of, is, is yeah. rated R, it's like it's inherently going to be a little bit more there, but it's like, yeah, yeah I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's like a, it's a movie about because a we, lot of Nazis we, yeah. that are inherent the, the protagonists of the movie, so to speak, and it's almost mm. like, uh, and they lose in the end, but. I, I don't know exactly. I, I guess I'm still just a little confused about what Waititi is kind of trying to say with this movie. And even after seeing for for a second time, I still kind of am. What do, what do you think, uh, Eric? What so do you think he's trying to say with the movie? One thing I love about is the fact that um, Elsa, like, I feel like if any other, if you, I mean, I hate to like, I'm not talking shit about Ron Howard, but Ron Howard somehow <laughs> no, let's did get this, a fucking beef going. If he did this movie, <laughs> Elsa yeah. would be super sweet and like super oh, like, you know, okay. like I love this. Yeah. Passive. Yeah. Elsa's such but a she's a badass. She's yeah. like, doesn't take shit. And she knows that she, you know, she can't risk getting caught, not just for herself, but for Rosie, you know, Jojo's mom. But she, she's not taking Jojo's shit. And I mean, in a way, I think that what I see Waititi doing and just to put it in like, 2019 terms is that you see a lot of this where people will say shit like all lives matter and then someone will come and say fuck you and then some devil's advocate playing person will be like oh you should be nicer they're they don't know any better you should teach them how to do this and it's one of those things where like these people are 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 constantly getting you know the negative end of that why do they have to be the ones who are nice why do they have to be the ones who have to educate this person who but elsa actually contradicts what you just said she ends up being nice to jojo eventually yeah. because she sees and she even says at the end in the middle towards the or towards the end it's like you're not a nazi you're a 10 year old boy and she 
made him see that in himself much later. And I feel like the fact that there's this constant tension between them and when he like finally realizes he's in love with her feels so much more earned than if she was nice to him and he's like, Oh, Hey, Jewish people aren't so bad. You know? Yeah, that's true. What, what hit me this time that I don't think I even clocked the first time Mm. is the, uh, the scene where he ties her shoes is like low key kind of like, to me, that's like the emotional climax of the movie. It's like that scene is fully his art complete where it's like, not only do I see you as a human being, but you're like, it's like the, like I thought about fucking, this is like an extreme example, but like the, like people washing each other's feet in like biblical times, it Mm. was like the ultimate, like, I respect you as, as a human being. And I, I will like serve you in this moment and like clean your feet. And it's a weird example to bring up. No, but, you're um, right. That's a, that's but, a it, but it, yeah. it felt like something similar where it's like he he's fully come around to being like the ide- the ideology's like fallen away and he's just seeing her as a human being now. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really quite know what I wanted and, and didn't get. I guess I just it's more like the build up to the movie before I saw it was very much a lot of like Waititi being like. It's you know like the the blazing saddles thing, and that's that's a movie I would argue has like a lot more bite, but also it's like rated R and it was made in the seventies, and it's like you could do some wild shit back then. Uh, and it's like this movie, it's like Waititi makes movies that are funny and a little cynical, but they also are very sweet. Yeah, and sincerity. so I think it does fit in line with that kind of filmography. I guess I think yeah. that's why this movie is works because there was that whole thing with Todd Phillips saying he stopped making comedies because <laughs> PC culture is ruining the rated R movie comedy and Taika just laughed at him. And I think that if a guy like Todd Phillips did this movie, I mean, Sam Rockwell's gay character would have been the punchline and he's not, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like n- no one in here, I mean, the punchline is, is how stupid Nazis are, essentially. Yeah. You know, and, and they turn Adolf Hitler into like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, a Yosemite Sam almost, you know, with his <laughs> off-the-wallness and just his – everything he says. And I remember there was, there was an interview with him uh, after the movie and they asked, what – did you do any research to like – portray him he's like no fuck him <laughs> i'm gonna play him the way i'm gonna play him oh and, for hitler yeah, yeah yeah and it just it just works and I, I think that i mean if there's a o- overarching theme of this it's just be good to people you know and then it sounds really like pedestrian and then kind of simplifying it but but i just love that that he he took this story and on paper it's like no studios would touch this for years and then Ragnarok came until, out. Yeah, until you make a fucking yeah. Marvel movie. <laughs> then it's like, all right, well, yeah, it was cheap. Well, it was only $14 million, I think. Oh, wow. It, yeah. The way that I see this movie is that it's not about Nazism. It's not about World War II. It's not about Jews. It's not, it's, it's not about... It's, it, it's not even about racism or any of that stuff. It, it's much more... The subtext is what what's key here. All of those things, racism, the Holocaust, World War II, all of that are the superficial upper layers of the iceberg of this movie. They're all mm. serving a purpose to something that is like way more um way more uh earnest, I think. And we Taika is using all those things, Nazism, World War II, uh, uh, you know, the Jewish um, oppression as a way to convey 
um, as a way to communicate to us now because we already have the ideas of oppression via, like, you know, what the Jews faced and how the Nazis treated Jews. So we have that idea already mm-hmm. in our head because of how popular that, like, we yeah. keep referencing it over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, almost like we we reference, like, like Hitler now is the great boogeyman. Like, he is, like, Satan or or Hades. Like, he's... He's he's a he's basically a a fantasy to us now. And literally why TD does this with Hitler, like he's a fantasy in uh Jodo's, you know, literal mind. He's not that's why this movie's not about Hitler, right? It's it, it is it is Jojo's subconscious like talking to himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the utilization of Hitler like is just really interesting because he's using a kid as a point of reference for Hitler. So you you instantly as a human being have empathy more so for this child. If you had an older person who was a Nazi doing like this and trying to convey a sort of empathetic look, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. I mean, not impossible, but it's just like it's let. It's easier to have a kid, you know, to try to get it across. That's why it's kind of clever that Watiti does use a child, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's getting at the themes of tribalism and fanaticism and blind, like, following. Even Taika does reference this stuff, like, being in a club. Like, everyone wanted to be in the club, the, the Nazi club, and... That's what Jojo wanted. He just wanted to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be part of a group. He didn't know what it really meant to be part of that group, but he wanted he wanted to be included into that. Yeah. And, of course, that's what he was surrounded by, and everybody wanted to be fed up. I mean, up in it. I mean, if you look at... And all of us can be in that position. The, the brilliant part is the opening where you have, like, the... German version of Let Me Hold Your Hand by the Beatles and everyone's screaming like they're like Hitler's the Beatles because that's how it was in Nazi Germany. Mm. Everybody was like that. Yeah. And none of them thought Hitler was evil. It's just that you get caught up in the emotions of it and you want to be part of that club, right? And you stop thinking about your own individuality and you listen to this idea of someone in your head and talk about that fanaticism. And using, like, these bold symbols so you can have some sort of empathy for someone you totally disagree with. Like, objectively, everyone who would watch this movie in a Western audience mm-hmm. disagrees fundamentally with the, I mean, in the majority, like, disagree fundamentally with, like, Nazism. Mm-hmm. So now, Jojo Rabbit gives, like, us a pathway to actually hold out our hands to, like, Trump supporters in a way. Because then you know that they're caught up in the club that they're in too, and they're just they're just trying to be part of something, yeah. just like we are. And that's why I like really enjoyed that movie because I think that's what was trying to convey is to hate on the hate. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was really well put, man. For sure. Yeah, um, yeah. you said exactly what I wanted to say, but just more articulately. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's yeah, yeah, and just like to further underline like. We're like ultimately what I picked up on the second viewing is that ultimately Jojo's like un- 
like uncomfortable with what the actual movement is doing. Mm. And like for like early on, it's like when, uh, yeah, just the stuff with the actual rabbit. Yeah. Like when he yeah. goes to the camp and it's like, this is where you're going to become a big tough Nazi. And this is what Nazis do. And they're like, kill the rabbit. And he's like, you just inherently understand that like, it's not a part of his nature, but he's so fucking wrapped up like emotionally and just the power of it that uh, he tries to let it go. And then they obviously kill the rabbit and call him Jojo rabbit. But, um, and he owns it because like mm-hmm. he, he, even Hitler helps him out. Adolf helps him out. He says, be the rabbit. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, be- yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, he's like trying to spin it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole point that it's called Jojo rabbit is because, you know, the Hitler, I mean, the, the Nazi sort of symbol is like the wolf and the, and the eagle, or is it the hawk? I think, I think it's a hawk mm-hmm. and they're all like predatory things and like these tough guys. And in the end of World War II, we see that those animals, I mean, that ideology, that spirit gets conquered. And this is also what was um, even conveyed at the end. Jojo was running away like a rabbit at the end of, on, you know, the final scene. Yeah, like he, the battle scene. He's just like, I'm, this is, y'all can just throw yourselves in and be the wolf or the hawk and just die. And I'm just going to stick to my nature and be the rabbit and run away. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it worked out for him in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of like, because uh, traditionally, like, I mean, I'll be fair. Like, I like to identify with predators. Like, I like the concepts of, like, a hawk or a wolf or a fox and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think it's kind of cool that in this movie, it's like, let's glorify the the lesser known animal, the rabbit, the one that is still brave because they have to still deal with all the shit out in the environment <laughs> and still yeah. got to make it home. So yeah. I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah, it was really smart of him to to figure that out. Um, what? Oh, what's sorry. up? No, what, Weisscrack did a really good episode about uh, – they have a show called Show Me the Meaning of Podcast. Mm. And there's this guy on there. His name's Austin. I can't remember his last name. He's a like, master in theology. And I always love hearing what he had to say, has to say. And he compares – they talk about – Germany as the fatherland, which is a little bit different than you know, most countries are the motherland. And yeah, and mm. Taika doing this in a way, Germany represents the father the way in boy. Mm. How like the the similarities between Jojo and and boy yeah. are, are very similar. And that he looks up to Germany, he looks up to Nazism, and mm. he wants to be like them. And he wants you know. And then Jojo Rabbit is the, the extension of him realizing, like, no, this isn't shit. Like this isn't what I'm supposed to be. I'm not like this. I'm better than this. Mm, yeah. And it's a really cool dynamic. And I think hearing, I heard that after my first viewing and watching it with that in my mind definitely changed how I watch, like watched it the second time. And it's just really interesting because you don't really see a lot of like actual natural mother figures in a lot of the movies that Taika does. There's always these surrogate mother figures. And he actually has his mom in, in this one with, with the Rosie. And Rosie is, is, I wouldn't say she's pure, but she's definitely a lot more more innocent, more sincere than, mm. than everyone else around her and around yeah. him. Well, it's, it, it, it's funny you bring that up now because it, it's good, I think, because it reminds me of PTA. And I think there's a well, a source a sort of like I don't know Tiger Woods CD like I don't know I don't I've never met the guy mm-hmm. he seems like a really nice guy um, I, I just feel like there's sort sort of through line with like a masculinity crisis here I mean I think most men deal with masculinity in crisis yeah. it's it's always it's like a constant thing 
And um, I think these movies help him work through it just like PTA does. You know, because um, yeah. I, I, uh, the, the, the cool thing about Watiti is that he's, he's sympathetic to that sort of crisis. Because you see in Boy, like, his father is, like, machine gunny. He just feels like a soldier. And everyone, and you know, like, it, sure, like, on some sort of weird, like, I don't know. If you look at it, like, on an, uh, I don't know, like a on a objective sort of way, it's kind of fucked up that they're pretending to be soldiers. But to me, it's like, I'm a boy. I played soldiers when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I liked, I like to pretend to kill people. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit that because a lot of people, like boys do, right? Mm-hmm. But we're ashamed to say, to say that now in today's society. And art like this is a way of like processing those feelings, you know, like being able to, like that's why I liked about Taika Waititi is that he's like so like empathetic to that plight. It's like I get like that masculinity in crisis, and I get that like you might feel ashamed because like JoJo's like that. Like he feels ashamed to feel like he should care about a Jew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or be not a part of the group, or be that masculine type, and he's in. He doesn't really shit on JoJo in a way. He makes him like this, like tragic kind of sad, like character that you kind of hope wins out in the end, in mm-hmm. in in a good way where he learns his lesson. And that's like and kind of the beauty, it, yeah. yeah, grows from it mm-hmm. as opposed to like, no, fuck JoJo, he's a Nazi. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I well, yeah, and that's that's kind of like why I brought up that boy <laughs> seems like the Rosetta Stone for this movie because I almost mm. feel like this is like a spiritual like remake of boy. It's like, it's so one-to-one to me where it's like Jojo is boy. The dad is like Nazi Germany basically in this yeah. movie. Um, and he's, he's just trying to, it's like, like there's even the montage of Jojo trying to be the cool Nazi, just like boy in boy yeah. was trying to be like his cool dad was basically. Um, or like uh, remembering like the montage of like of Waititi as his dad mm. uh, being cool and escaping prison and stuff. It's like the same. It's the same type of thing. It's like, yeah, like Wait- Waititi is really. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I feel like these are like therapeutic. Like like writing and directing these specific kind of like boy esque movies are like therapeutic for the him. best movies are therapeutic for mm-hmm. the writer director. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're working through something. Mm. Um, and that definitely feels like it was the the case with this one. I want to talk about um, ScarJo a little bit, a bit, a little bit about the mother figure in this movie. You mean who looks like she's never aged in one like, <laughs> yeah, at all throughout at all like so from Lost in Translation yeah. <laughs> to now, like hardly at all. Basically, it's insane. I don't get it. She's greatness. Yeah, she's, she's so good. Like she was, it's interesting. She was like, nominated yeah, for right. well, fuck. She was nominated for this and Marriage Story. Yeah, lost both, but but this was the <laughs> one. Uh, on like Marriage Story, I really liked that movie a lot. It was great. It was like definitely a showcase for like acting. <laughs> and uh, I did a whole physical thing. Yeah, it yeah. can't really be portrayed. I think but you could hear that. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. I hope that comes through. People know what I did. But but yeah, like uh, going into this one, I um I was like, oh that's right, ScarJo's in it. She's like, people are talking about her for for awards, and it's like, oh that's right, Scarlett Johansson is like 
not even in the theatrical way that uh, Marriage Story is, uh, but she's like a great actress in that she can like fully embody a character. And like her fucking character in this is so charming and I feel like adds so much humanity that you kind of need a little bit for for Jojo. Um, Because it's like ultimately it's like he, you know, has a mom. He's a little kid. And like his mom remembers that even though he, uh, you know, is believes in Hitler. Well, I think, and the, I, I think the, the, the biggest thing about Scar Joe's character is that she has this grace to her. You know, I think that's like the most important yeah, yeah. part about it is that grace is this sort of quality. That, it's a very, you know, motherly quality. That's like, just somehow just so that makes her so charming because she she knows that you know jojo is on his own path and is like a fanatic of something that she doesn't agree with but she loves him anyway you know mm-hmm. and and that if if there's no other like form of love and i don't i don't know what's higher than that you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that that's what makes her just this like tragic character in a way yeah, you know? yeah. Um, because, like, you, you don't even, like, you you think that she's, like, almost, uh, you almost feel like she's a goddess in a way in this movie, a sort of, like, ethereal, uh, mm-hmm. what is it, um, almost invincible kind of character that's just, like, this, this light guardian of JoJo or something. Yeah. And yet brought down with such humanity in a way that makes her feel like a demigod from a Greek mythology. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like she, she's, she's a counterbalance. Yeah. I think Waititi realized he needed in this. Mm. It's like if we're, you know, t- if we're, if the imagery, if all this stuff is, is we're talking about Nazis, then I think we need somebody that kind of represents, you know, something like a very graceful, peaceful person that almost is almost like the audience surrogate. Like, I feel like he uses, uh, ScarJo as like the audience surrogate almost to, uh, I don't know, to her dealing with Jojo and being mm. human with him, I guess. And she's mm. the reason why Jojo is not a full on Nazi. I mean, not both like literally and like, he's a part of her, you know, mm-hmm. and like he, she's kind of the, the lighting force inside. And ultimately her dying is, I mean, a bunch of other stuff happens after that, but her dying leads to that coming out in him as well. But I mean, that's the reason why I mean, he's got this soft spot and he's got this mature sensitivity, you know, for a 10 year old and he doesn't know how to handle it because he's like you guys said, like he wants the masculine aspect of it. He wants to be mm-hmm. like his dad, but mm. he doesn't realize he's more like his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, his absent father. This is a yeah. very uh, YTD loves that shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his his best movies are are kind of in that in that vein for sure. And I I think we talked about that like his his da- like his dad did like leave his family and like that's mm. like actually a thing that happened to him. Um, but uh, it's, oh yeah, it's always in those movies. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's always got to fit it in there, man. It's like it's even it's eagle and, eagle versus shark. Fucking yeah, he left. His oh, I kid. guess that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fuck, I God. forgot about that. Um, that's fucking yeah. Jermaine left. Left. The, left. It was just a fucking passing thought for him too. Which is yeah, hilarious. he. I, I think yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's his uh, close encounters. That's my kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> out of the, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my kid. But uh, YT, kind of a, yeah, proto Spielberg with these fucking absent father movies. He keeps making them. Well, um, really, like, you know, it's all mm. Freudian shit. Like, that's very like, true. I mean, everybody has, like, parent issues, man. That's true. There's, we, we, we realize, because we idealize our parents. And then we grow up and we realize that they are just people, and that's the scariest thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's the scariest thing. This You're, flawed human being somehow kept me alive and yeah. shut me out the door, and yeah, uh, it's crazy. There's a lot of little. I don't want to. I don't know if I can go so far as calling them homages, but like, there's so many parts of this movie that you can tell. It, it's it's a lot like Edgar Wright in the sense that you can tell his influences. Um, yeah, there's yeah. that old movie, Spies Like Us. I think it's Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. I can't or Chevy Chase. Uh, anyway, yeah. there's a part where they're pretending to be doctors. They walk in and there's all these other doctors and they introduce themselves: doctor, doctor, doctor. That's the hell. That's the <laughs> that hell. Hitler. Scene, like yeah. that scene is exactly like Spies Like Us. Unique. I, I feel like that has to be like a blatant homage to Spies Like Us. Probably. I've never seen Spies Like Us, but that scene. Yeah, that's like one of the funniest bits in the movie. Where it's just like, <laughs> how many fucking times are they gonna do yeah. it? Yeah. And then like a new character will yeah. enter. He'll do it to everybody. <laughs> That's like, yeah, that's also a very like, uh, like a Mel Brooks thing. Like yeah. that's a very blazing saddles. <laughs> like, mm. like this is such a dumb, silly joke, but like, of he course, does it. of course, Stephen Merchant is, uh, yeah. part of yeah. the Gestapo. The fucking Gestapo. The, yeah, my, I think my favorite underrated joke in here is when he walks into the, the Hitler youth area and, Mm. And they're talking about what he can do, and Rebel Wilson's like, "Oh, you can walk the clones," and just casually there's these clones. Dude, the I <laughs> didn't even catch that until that's the second view. I was like, "That's Holy a no shit. joke." Like, that is, look. yeah, that's a total like. <laughs> let's have like a weird conceptual joke in here <laughs> that most people will probably not catch that they're all the same person. And that's what's so great about it too is that there's so many layers to it. In one sense, it's like, oh, like there's randomly clones, but then you, if you know, you're like history you know that like nazi scientists were doing some crazy some shit like shit. that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true um oh. yeah i want to bring up the stephen merchant one because i think that's one of the be- one of the better scenes yeah in the movie great. the gestapo yeah the gestapo come by um jojo's house and um it, it, it's funny because you have like the the preconceived like ideas I don't want to say subversion, but um, of how it'll play out. Yeah, yeah, I see what you, you're saying. Yeah. Like you know that like the Gestapo is like the most notorious like faction of like the the Nazi regime, and so you're like, oh no, this is going this is going to be bad, and it's played off like that. Like you have a lot of tension. Tiger creates a lot of tension in that scene with just the Gestapo invading the scene, their their house, and just looking for everything. And the the funny thing is to, to use Stephen Merchant. I think I think that was a very clever, clever casting call because he's such a he's like what is he like seven feet tall? Like fucking that guy's <laughs> yeah, dude, he's so enormous. giant compared to Sam Rockwell, <laughs> right? Yeah, and so like you had like the the power imbalance just by physicality <laughs> with his height, right? And yeah. um, and Stephen Merchant is just a funny guy. Like I, I've seen I've seen like a lot of his shit. Yeah, and he's hilarious. So to me, it's like I'm a, I'm also low key laughing and not really intimidated by him in a, in a weird way. Yeah, but yeah. also am in a, in a weird like <laughs> uh, paradoxical nature of it. And um, 
it's great because Stephen Merchant is just talking about the bureaucracy. He's like, you know, we go investigate, and they say a communist is in, the, you know, in the back of a fridge, and it's just nothing. And it's like interesting to see the Watiti's humanization of the Gestapo because, like, we have the idea of the Gestapo being like this, like, ultimate, deadly, terrible force of nature. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's just like this bureaucratic guy who's just like, I'm just like, I just want to get this investigation. Yeah, we got to keep like, these, yeah, keep yeah, it running on time. Yeah, like, I don't want to fucking deal with searching for Jews right now. I just want to move on and get the day over with. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of great in a way because it's, it's like shedding light to something that is deeply human. Because, like, all of a, like, like, say what you will about, like, Nazi Germany and stuff, but, like, all of them are human and. They got caught up in it. And don't you can't say that you cannot you are not capable of evil just like Nazis are. Nazis are just as capable of good as you are, just as capable of evil as you are. We're all fucked up and angels at the same time, right? And that's why I like that scene because he's just like to to me it was portrayed in a way that like he didn't care about doing this. He just wanted to get the day over with. And he didn't even give a shit about how, like, fucking Sam Rockwell was, like, you know, he uh, did the passport scene, which was a super tense scene. Yeah, for sure. And Stephen Merchant just, he just looks at the fucking book and just, <laughs> like, he just looks at the drawings like, this is hilarious. Look at how silly this is. I'm glad I saw this silly you book. You made like, my yeah, day. Yeah. And then he just left, and that was it. It wasn't like, like, if you... Like I want to say, this movie is like the ying, the ying to like inglorious bastards. I was yang, just about you know to say I mean? that. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's so like neither one. They both have a different spice to them, and neither one are like superior to another one. But yeah. it's just like so cool to have that, that is, sort of. Oh thing, man, you know? I yeah, that is a fascinating comparison movie. The, <laughs> like the yeah, the intro to Glorious Bastards, like. Mm. You feel, I mean, not on that level, but during that Gestapo scene in Jojo Rabbit, you kind of get that same vibe. Like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. And yeah, they, like, you're right. Like, Merchant compared to Landa, Hans Landa, like, yeah. they're just the complete <laughs> opposite, but you still have those same feelings. And, like, it's yeah. just so crazy to, like, be able to watch that and get that same feeling. And then they sweep the rug underneath for you, and, like, everything's fine, or you think. And then five minutes later, they lead to. Yeah. Rosie's body. Being it's almost done. as if that symbols seem to define our perception of reality, as opposed to the actual reality behind the symbol. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He's also very. Yeah. I mean, you, like you mentioned it. He's so incompetent compared to Hans Landa. You know, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was well. I was going to say too that that scene just plays out in. Um, a much more interesting way than I you kind of expect because like you you've seen those scenes play out you see Inglorious Bastards or you see like uh, the the pianist or uh, Schindler's List or something and it's like you have this concept of what's going to happen mm-hmm. and then uh, what's her name uh, Elsa just walks out yeah she just walks out. and then adds such a fucking like ups the tension even further and you're like uh, are they you, just gonna know and like, then you just realize how much they just don't give a shit they're just like. Ah. Yeah, I'm just but, here to do a fucking. But also, yeah. ultimately, that is what yeah. leads to Rosie's death, right? Is like well, them figuring out. No, no, be, because I'm really kind know of a little confused about how like Rosie I, gets. I going. think the causation is backwards. Okay. Yeah. I think Rosie was caught, and then they raided her house, as I opposed the, to oh, okay. that's why Sam Rockwell around. went to the house. I yeah. think. Yeah, he shows up to the house. 
to try. I think he's there to kind of warn JoJo. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, wow. I didn't even. Yeah, I think okay. they found out about Rosie and then raided the house. That's why they because Gestapo wouldn't have shown up if they didn't have any sort of intent to. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like it didn't seem like a random thing because that's true. immediately we find out that Rosie gets like you know. She, yeah, that's yeah, very true. She gets hung up. But yeah. I, as far as like why Rosie does get hung up, I'm assuming that she just got caught in the act of like handing well, out those those yeah the yeah, the little like coded messages yeah. and stuff like that they weren't even coded they were just like free germany i think oh that's yeah. right it was just like oh because those pamphlets. are hung up on the first body that's hanging yeah, yeah. there it is now now i yeah, yeah it, it was just like she was just like Shit. over like supporting the nazis and was just handing out papers about it yeah yeah that's right mm. um but yeah that that scene just and which the, is kind of i'm sorry but it's yeah. kind of Beautiful because JoJo does the exact opposite, handing out like Hitler propaganda mm. stuff. It's so interesting on how like the ones that you love can do the exact opposite of what you're <laughs> doing. You know? Well, yeah, and that's like uh, I don't know. Maybe we don't have to get into it too much, but it's like it felt like a very timely thing where a lot mm. of us have, uh, you know, some of us more than others have relatives that are supporting many things that we don't agree <laughs> with at all. Uh, it felt like that was very much intentional to him making this movie, um, you know, when he made it, pretty much. It's like, yeah. I, I don't think there's a reality, honestly, where, I don't even know if I should, I don't know. But it's like, if, if Hillary got elected in 2016, I don't necessarily think Jojo Rabbit exists as a movie, honestly. I think he'd been trying to make it since 2013. Oh, really? But I think well, it definitely yeah. amplified it. I feel like th- it wouldn't be the same, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it definitely feels like there's some, you know, of-the-moment energy there. But um, uh, what else was I wanting to say? Well, I mean, it, it, regardless. Yeah. Regardless of Trump being elected or Hillary being elected, you, you can just see it on the Internet. Like, That's I don't true, care where yeah. you fall on the fucking political spectrum. The fact that we just use where you fall on the political spectrum to make a judgment call on someone is exactly indicative of the toxicity of our modern society. Mm -hmm. Like, you just say that you support liberal cause or you support conservative cause. Someone makes a snap judgment on you without even, like, talking to you or even knowing, like, who you are or what what your values are. Just saying that... Like, just saying you vote for Trump, like, immediately res- raises a red flag in someone's head. Saying that you voted for Hillary raises a red... Like, what is going on? You know, like, that that mm. that doesn't bode well for, for, for um, communication and peace. It just m- creates division. And I think that's what's so cool about JoJo is that the reason why JoJo gets de-radicalized is simply because he talked to a person that he hates. And the person that he hates um, is sympathetic and decides to go along with it. Not not pandering, mind you. She still sticks to, like, her own ways, but she doesn't completely hate him in, in like, some, like, vitriol way that we see on the Internet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. I mean, this Jesus Christ. The internet is a whole other like dehumanizing. Uh, mm. It's hard to to They're view basically people as all, humans. Yeah, when, basically all when it's all fucking yeah. ones and zeros. But uh. um, but yeah, no. I think that's like the the best stuff in this movie. I think is is between JoJo and Elsa and the way their relationship plays out. Mm. I fucking love the whole like bit with the letters. 
I love that like oh, yeah. early on you know that he's not I'm, the type of person that would become an actual yeah. Nazi because it's like he writes the really mean letter. I love that like it's kind White, of adorable, yeah. Yeah, it's like why I love that Waititi shows how fucking sad she gets mm. because it's not her thinking that's real. Of course she doesn't. It's her realizing like this kid is so fucking he wants me to hurt. Like this kid just wants me to feel bad. Yeah. And then I love that like immediately after Jojo's like he I don't want letter. her to feel bad. Yeah. I made a human feel bad and I want to fix that while still kind of yeah. keeping his like but you know, maybe we'll get like he kind of like walks yeah, it back he walks a little it back, bit, which is adorable. Um, yeah. But yeah, the way all that plays out, and then like that—that's a long-running joke is mm. fucking so good. My favorite like, line is from that letter. I yeah. I am unemployed and quite fat. Which <laughs> 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 is like with the context that it's yeah, the, him trying yeah, to. True. It's so it's, funny yeah. because a lot of the, I mean, obviously he's, he's a ten year old boy, so yeah, he's yeah. not going to have like the best grammar. <laughs> exactly. But I hear the New Zealandness come out of right. the a lot right? of those lines. Like that yeah. line, unemployed and quite fat, <laughs> yes. sounds like a fucking New Zealand. Such a like Taika oh. or like Flight of the yeah. Concords. Like yeah. you can hear the delivery, and I, he's great too. This this kid. Uh, uh, I, I think that all the kid actors in here are really good, and I think yeah. that's that's definitely something She's, that needs she, to happen. She was um, the actress who plays Elsa was in um, one of Taika Waititi's previous films. I think. Oh, really? She's a New Zealander, actually. Oh, oh yeah, okay. she's a New Zealand she, actress. Thomason McKenzie, I think. Is I her love name? that name, Thomason. Well, uh, yeah, it's from yeah, The Witch too. The Witch. Um, I was like, if I have name. a daughter, I want to like name her Thomason. Yeah, it's a good fucking name. <laughs> I like that name. Yeah. Uh, she, she's blowing up right now. She's uh, wow. You know what's fucking crazy that I just realized uh, or remembered, I should say, is that she is the star of Edgar Wright's horror movie. That's right. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Her Last and yeah. Thomason from the this Witch. Is weird. Jesus, weird. what a weird fucking coincidence. <laughs> I would say wow. Michael's, but no one would understand that reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, she yeah, she's so good in this. I forgot where I was leading originally. Mm. Um, no, we're just talking about her background a bit. I, I yeah. forgot what what movie. I think she was in. Was leave she in what leave we no trace. You saw that one. No, right? I mean the Taika Waititi movie that was. Oh. I don't know. Um, she's young. I did she's a like a nineteen I did a or twenty. I did a Wikipedia search on her. I know her mom. I read that her mom was a voice. She's an actress too, and she was like a voice coach for what we do in the shadows or something. So like, and oh, he knows. Okay, like, okay, it's like my daughter's yeah. an actress. And yeah, something yeah, like that. something like that. Yeah. Uh, Thor, maybe. I mean, what would be or uh, uh, Wilder People? Maybe was she in Wilder might People? Might be Wilder. I'm gonna yeah. look it up because. Gonna... Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, she's she's really blown up. She's gonna be in uh, uh, Last Night in Soho, which we will talk about in like a year and a half or whenever the fuck it comes out. <laughs> um, and then like, uh, some other stuff too. Like she's really blown up and she, like, she's like really, well, I guess her and Jojo, but like, she's really kind of the heart of this movie. She's kind of like the person you identify with, uh, which I love her intro. Yeah. In that sense where it's like, uh, Waititi doing a horror thing where it's like, I think that's what I was referencing when I was talking about. It's very um, Spielbergian. Bergen. No, I don't think yeah. she was in the any of E.T. The... in the closet. Yeah, dude, that is very, dude. YTD <laughs> fucking loves E.T. I, that's like the, <laughs> the thing that I'm realizing a ton this season. Um, no, she wasn't in anything. Yeah, she wasn't in anything uh, Taika Waititi, but she was in The Hobbit. 
the Battle of the Five Armies as Astrid, so, you know. As Astrid. Wow. I think Astrid. that's fucking uh, Luke Evans' daughter in that movie. How do I fucking remember that? That's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, what were we just talking about? Spielberg. Spielberg, Spielberg yeah, the Spielberg stuff. <laughs> no, but I love that, like, uh, Waititi does that thing, like like he does in Boy, where it's like he wants to put you in the mindset of the character and that character being Jojo thinks that this Jewish girl is like a monster. So like she like puts her fingers around the door and it's like a fucking horror. It's like conjuring or something. Yeah. And then she's like creeping down the stairs doing her finger. Bit. Yeah. And I love that. Like he puts you into like Jojo's mind where it's like, Oh, I'm like, I've only heard of, you know what? Jewish yeah. They people hang are. like bats on the ceiling <laughs> when they sleep. Yeah. It's this hilarious, ridiculous caricature. And the, the whole movie is just him realizing like, Oh, they're humans. Mm. We're all humans. Like she's a human like me. There's, there's no difference, but, um, yeah. The but. boogeyman. And that's, what's so great. The boogeyman. Mm. I think, uh, because Hitler is our boogeyman. And I think that Joe, I think Taika's, Getting rid of that boogeyman, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, or at least attempting to. I think it, 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 it's it's it, I think because uh, then you you're just like if you think that Hitler is the boogeyman, then you're just like Jojo who thinks Jews are the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because it, it, it's it's just uh, it's just you got to look at people for who they are, not what like everyone thinks that they are. You know, Hitler actually liked animals. That's why it was funny that he was like referencing all the animals at the oh, he liked tied them. <laughs> yeah, like Hitler actually liked animals way more than Jews, and he wanted to like <laughs> he wanted to have like a like a whole like zoo thing, like keep animals free, and was like all about animal rights and shit, which was Jesus. very interesting. Yeah, he loved um, animals. <laughs> uh, fuck. Well, we talked about ScarJo a bit, but the scene I have like a list of um. This movie has like a lot of incredible scenes, yeah, and moments to it. the The first one I wrote down is the um, the dinner scene. I think is like maybe my favorite scene in the movie uh, where they're having dinner. Um, it's a funny bit where like Hitler excuses himself from the dinner because he's like, "This is a little bit awkward. I'm gonna, <laughs> I got something else." Like he fucking just like dips out. And then there's like this really, really great um, scene between Jojo and Rosie that plays out that I fucking just love. And I like didn't see coming at all where it's like Jojo talks about like, I just wish something like I wish my dad were here. Yeah. Yeah. And then she walks back and then she's just like acting like his dad. And she's having like this fucking like uh, argument with herself as her husband. Yeah. yeah. That's like so fu- it's like so human. That I was like, oh man, this is this is the most fucking endearing shit. Well, because it wasn't just for JoJo; it was for her. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like she had to have some sort of like coping mechanism to deal with being a single mom. You know, it's like it, it's not easy being like mm-hmm. raising a, single a kid mom. who's <laughs> yeah. getting indoctrinated not, to Nazism. And, well, I mean, I'm yeah. not. That's that's whatever. You know what I mean? Like like being just a single mom is like fucking hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the way that she ha- like. Like, let's just get rid of the whole Nazi part about it and just look at it from just a totally interpersonnel-like perspective. Like, she's dealing with a kid who's stubborn and likes to get his way 
and she handles it with by herself with no dad mm-hmm. and like just handles with with such grace and having and she had such great coping mechanisms and how she approaches the behavior of Jojo in ways that makes her still the authority to Jojo like she's able cuz she conveys it with like authoritarian responses in a way that's still motherly and soft like having to balance like the whole father figure and the mother figure at the same time yeah, yeah. she does that very well and she actually literally embodies the father figure when she puts <laughs> on like the face yeah. so it's just like she's like a fucking amazing character and i love how taika kind of like like has those sort of like moments in time to give that sort of like coping mechanisms that she does yeah, to, to deal with them. That's what know? he's really, really good at, man. And mm. it's like, like something like that I could see in a movie like Boy and and stuff like that, where it's um, yeah, he's just adding so many layers and like context on yeah. a donkey uh, to <laughs> to a character. Y'all yeah. are waiting for it. Yeah, mark it off the bingo card. Um, but but yeah, it's it's fucking mm. great. And ScarJo like nails that stuff. And and then they have their like little dance at dinner, which is like really delightful too. And I guess sets up his like dancing later on in the movie. Um, but uh, and also ScarJo's little hats. Oh, we love we, we love ScarJo's little hats. Not talk about ScarJo's little hats. <laughs> is she is she supposed to be Swedish in the movie, or is she just supposed to be German? Because I felt like she was like style wise and also accent wise, she was like Swedish. But I guess she's she just supposed some, to be German. Sort of, I don't know. She was talking to Thomason or no Elsa. Um, I like that name, Thomason. Um, <laughs> oh, what she what she did as a as a woman, like yeah. she, like or what she said that she'll do when she gets out of there. Or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What did yeah. she say? She should go to Africa, face a night, like Morocco. Uh, st- stare down a tiger, tiger in the eye. Um, yeah. Which there's that. Oh, I just remembered that there's like that image of her looking at the tiger painting. Yeah, yeah. I, I just clicked that together right now. Um, and uh, what was it? Uh, fall in love with somebody in Morocco and torture him and something no, like, like that. Like, and break their hearts or something. Break their, like yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and she's like, did you do all those things? She's like, I didn't stare down a tiger. It's like yeah. she did all the <laughs> other things. But um, yeah, really tragic character, really fucking sad when she dies man god mm. that yeah that scene fucking hit me but she didn't so care hard. about her life she that's what's so great is that she almost has a sort of uh nietzschean perspective on things a very like almost almost um uh, uh, uh almost a buddhist way of looking at life like taking it one day at a time the only time that breaks a little bit is when she starts drinking you know she starts drinking celebrating mm-hmm. the end of the war and just celebrating it that's her that's her, like, kind of almost fatal flaw is, like, thinking that, like, um, she just wants something that's external from herself to hurry up and get done, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that's what casted her. That's what kind of, like, brought about her demise, right? Like, her escalating something that was going to ha- was inevitable anyway, in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just workshopping that live. I haven't thought too much about it, but yeah. it, sound, it sounds like. Well, yeah, no, I think, I think yeah. that's probably true mm. yeah um let's see uh, I, I have a fucking list it's like well let's hear, let's i say i list. don't totally i don't like love this movie but i have like fucking like seven things um yeah i talked about the breakup letter scenes 
uh, or the the all the letter scenes are great. Mm. Uh, Elsa's <laughs> reveal to the Gestapo. Oh but wait, we got to talk about yeah, <laughs> fucking Rockwell at the end. Yeah, let's talk more about well, Rockwell just hell. in general. Just in general, yeah. One of one of the best. <laughs> what, what was your favorite Rockwell film? How about that? Well, I was just going to mention Ninja Turtles. Galaxy Quest was <laughs> oh, my intro nice. yeah. to how <laughs> oh, should have gotten okay. a fucking Oscar nomination. That's not even a fucking joke. Rewatch that movie. He is so fucking good in that movie. You sound like an R slash movies fucking Reddit. That, that's dude. totally an R movie. <laughs> oh, have, have you guys heard of this like unknown movie? I don't Galaxy know if you guys Quest? have seen Galaxy Quest. <laughs> it's really what? good. I've been I've been missing out. Um, it's got great cinematography. It's got great cinematography. Good action. Alan it's really funny. Rickman is really good. <laughs> it's, it's three amigos in space. <laughs> Is um, it? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! That's, that's, that's I haven't not, that's seen not a, Three Amigos. Okay. Three Amigos uh, is they they are these three cowboys. Yeah, you haven't seen Three Amigos? Yeah, no, I haven't. Mexican yeah, wow. town needs the like needs people to get rid of these bandidos, so they yeah. get wow, them. Wow, that yeah. So yeah, and I, I, that's how I was introduced to it because I haven't seen all of Three Amigos, but it that's. It's the thing in my family where all my uncles every Christmas, and you know what I'm talking about. It's a sweater. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I was kind of raised on that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, I gotta see it. Well, yes, I, I forget. He's so good. He's incredible. I forgot that he was in that. Movie. He he is the 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 thing that I love about Galaxy Quest. Here's another 30 minute tangent. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that it is, and what's fascinating about Galaxy Quest is that like it is ranked pretty high on a lot of best Star Trek movie lists. Like there's like, you'll look at a Star Trek movie ranking and galaxy quest will be like number four because it's like, it's not even a Star Trek movie, but it's so fundamentally understands fandom, like the Star Trek, like the way the Star Trek universe operates it's way ahead of its time. Yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like for, so I think Star Trek fans have a huge appreciation of it. And it doesn't even it doesn't even like uh, I don't know it does it doesn't like respect f- the fandom too much. It's like why should know. you? Why should you exactly? <laughs> but it's an incredible comedy. Why did they bring this up? Uh, Sam Rockwell because of Rockwell. Christ. We're talking about yeah. what's your favorite Rockwell movie? <laughs> oh man, that's tough. He has a small part in Ninja Turtles, the first one. Which is oh hilarious. shit, who he's is like he a, in that? He's is like he... a teenager. Like in I'm the bringing Foot this Clan. up right now, Rockwell. Um, he's great in Green Mile. He's so oh, despicable shit, yeah. and like, yeah, I, he, his role in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is simply head thug, <laughs> which is great because right. he's not just a thug; he's the head thug. <laughs> Him and Skeet Ulrich were both in that as as the Foot Clan, like teenager corrupties. Man, you know, you know through. what I need to watch again that he was in. And I've only watched it once, and I remember really, really loving it. Seven Psychopaths. Oh, that yeah. is a really and fucking that good movie. movie. Again. That's a Martin McDonough, man. Yeah. That, that movie's fucking great. Because I'll also say that I loved Rockwell's performance in Three Billboards Out of Ebbing, Missouri. He was so... He's, he's great in fuck, that, too. He's just fucking good. The thing about him, Fuck man, Rockwell, is that he is, dude. like... He's, he's so fully, like, a character actor. But yeah. he's somebody who's kind of risen... Like he he's so like risen through the ranks that it's mm. like he'll be like a supporting character like he is in this movie, um, but you'll like clock like oh that's Sam Rockwell he's oh like Andy's a, turning in a great performance like yeah, per he's usual like a blue collar version of uh, da- Daniel Day Lewis yeah 
Exactly. He's it's like he's just he's, as great. He's working jobs. He's just and, working jobs. And doing uh, I feel yeah. like he reminds me I mean, just the way you just mentioned how he came up is very like Philip Seymour Hoffman, how he's a, he's a scene stealer in a lot of these smaller roles. Yeah, and then he oh, yeah. can go and do like a leading role and get mm. Oscar nominated. Boy, dude, if Rockwell movie? was in a PTA movie, fuck get off. the fuck Don't out even, of town. Are you <laughs> I'm, I'm so me? glad he put that answer to the universe. Damn, I'm floating it. I hope <laughs> God, <laughs> God <laughs> picks it up. Well, I don't even know. Well, B. Coops is going to be in PTA, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, the, the so rumors I've heard is that there's another adult lead in that movie as as well as like a, a child actor. They're going to need like a, a kid, too. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean. But I, he, I mean, like Moon, where he's by himself. Yeah, I mean, he can incredible. do it. And then we have canceled. That's true. Canceled Kevin Spacey's in that too. So. Well, just like uh, Baby Driver, just like a baby. L- little, little, little bit, of, little little bit of tad of Spacey in there just a to make you feel Spacey. feel like shit. I saw Baby Driver after the Kevin Spacey stuff came out, and I just I took me out of it. And I love I love uh, that's, yeah. the that's first bad. act and third act of that movie. But I think just seeing him, maybe and, that's what colored my view. It's so time. terrible. But I'm lucky because I saw L.A. Confidential prior to the Kevin Spacey <laughs> thing. Because L.A. Confidential. It's a fucking amazing movie, and Kevin yeah. Spacey is so good. We talked about it in Seven, man. It's he's so, fucking great well, in Seven. In it's LA like, Confidential, he's, bad, he's but... like charming, and oh. it's just like, well, you know. Like, the, and uh, we talked about it on Baby Driver. The yeah. reason I think certain roles of his still work. are still a little palatable is because he's playing a serial killer in Seven, and you're like, he's bad in real life, he's bad in the movie. Okay, it almost it's like a, that. It's yeah, like a it gimme. almost. Yeah, but when he's playing like a real charmer, you're like, "Get the fuck out of here, you monster!" <laughs> like, I think I think I've said this to you guys in another episode I was on, but I yeah. feel like you could put James Spader in any of Kevin Spacey's roles, and it might be better. Fuck, man! <laughs> I don't know too much about James Spader's Just like Robert um, California. Him playing Robert California in the Kevin Spacey role is pretty much the thing. Is I think me. of a younger. Uh, yeah, Star- him, Stargate, him Stargate is the only like James Spader I owe. Oh I well, oh wow, yeah, yeah. Because I I used to watch Stargate way too many times when I was a kid. <laughs> I love that movie. That I tracks so yeah. Stargate's much, so yeah. fucking good. Like fucking. It's, why do you think I love Kurt Russell I, so fucking? I rewatched much, dude? it recently, man. <laughs> I'll just I'll say that and I'll leave it there. The thing it's, is, like, I was I, bummed. I am <laughs> totally aware of that, but it's like it's like it's like finding a toy you played with as a kid and you're like yeah you know like it's a motorcycle what was so amazing about yeah you like took what you wanted out it's like i'm gonna enjoy this anyway because (laughs) like i remember loving this so much because it's like i i remember we would watch we were watching like uh maybe some looney tunes recently and it's like yeah this is like i don't get the references really but i remember liking it as a kid and it's just kind of that nostalgic sort of like enjoyment of it it's like For it sure. just takes you back to the simpler times of exactly yeah and i mean we all know roland emmerich and you know how great of a filmmaker <laughs> roland emmerich is yeah my what uh, bummed me out about my rewatch of that movie was how how fucking bored i was outside the oh, first really? 30 minutes yeah. it's it was just one of those where like i was just like oh man, i think it's this just because like you're so like it was it was so like yeah like for that time it was so invested on like that was the cutting edge of for sure, yeah. Uh, visual effects. Well, the idea the of ed- it is so cool where yeah. it's like, wait, they're going through a wormhole and it's like Egypt and that's and like that, why we at, had Egypt. Look at Egypt that portal. And- it looks crazy. 
You know, yeah, and exactly. then the now, liquid physics and yeah, yeah. Now you have like all this cool you know stuff. What? Don't already. rewatch it, Adam. <laughs> We're never going to cover Emmerich for sure. I think. Uh, don't you know how fucking it. tragic it season Star- two, like fifty Stargate is? Season like fifty six. You know how fucking tragic Stargate is, dude. I still remember that movie. Don't worry. It opens <laughs> oh, up with shit. Kurt Russell. His son fucking shoots himself. Yeah, yeah, and fucking the bad guy. <laughs> The bad guy gets his head chopped off by a Stargate, and I never forgot that scene because it's so fucked Shit, up. dude. Yeah, you still got it all up there, man. I watched it. So that, was that had, really your I early had, Russell? Yeah, that was, it was, my, it was my first oh, Kurt shit. Russell. Okay. And I had action figures of Stargate. I had Kurt Russell, oh. and I had James Spader. You know, well, you had a little nerdy yes. scientist Spader. That's well, yeah. Fucking like crazy. I had, I I had them play with like my Jurassic Park. Um, oh, action figures. Yeah, Spader in that movie yeah. and Alan Grant are like good, but no, not Alan Grant. Um, fucking uh, yeah, Alan Grant and Ian, and, yeah. and and uh, Doctor Doctor Ian Malcolm. Ian Malcolm. Yeah, for sure. And I had them all. All, all my like sci-fi like <laughs> movie characters were all in the Jurassic Park compound because I and, had and one of those. They were the heroes in your story. Oh yeah, right? like they were definitely like Ian Malcolm's right there. Yeah, uh, fucking Spader and. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're all hanging out, and they have to fight T Rexes because I love dinosaurs oh, too. Who didn't? So. I mean, who didn't? Um, <laughs> Man, I guys, uh, I guys, I gotta show you guys what my like. There's this. It's the Jurassic Park compound base. Oh, you had that? I Did know you guys exactly what you're talking no. about. No, I oh, wanted it. Oh my god, yeah. it was my favorite toy. I always had all my little like adventures in in the. Jurassic Park comp. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what were let's let's keep yeah, this let's a running it. thing, Eric. What were big toys for you? Let's mm. have this be just a, oh, a new man. thing now. I I think I've told a story before, but uh, I got really into Star Wars when they did the 20th anniversary. Yeah, and uh, those VHSs, yeah, were like a big reintroduction. Case, yeah, yeah. But that was the first time I ever like watched it. I'd watched like. Uh, Caravan of Courage, thinking that wow. was Return of the Jedi, and it wasn't. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I was. And I remember watching it, the remastered one, and being like, "Where, like, where's that? Mo- where's the Rancor? Like, where's the, the Ewoks fighting the Rancor?" Anyway, uh, so we got my brother and I got really into Star Wars, and yeah, we yeah. we started collecting like the action figures, but we were dumb and opened them up because we wanted to play with them, of course. Oh, and my aunt, I I I, God, I hate telling the story because it always feels like I'm being like a spoiled Man. asshole. But no, we're all spoiled. <laughs> yeah. She tried so hard. She always tried. She always like tried to figure out what to get us for Christmas. And she's like, I got you guys Star Wars toys. And we were so excited. Of course, oh, yeah. Hey. I opened it up and it's a Star Trek toy. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, shit. That's, that's, like a, that's like a classic like ni- <laughs> 1990s like comedy trope or something. And yeah. it was a Deep Space Nine. It wasn't even like. Oh, fucking. Oh, you got generation. a fucking Benjamin Sisko for Christmas. <laughs> no, just like, what, I don't even know anything about How did you Star react, Trek? though? What did you say? I, I did the whole. Oh, thanks. I, oh, I, yeah. I tried really hard to hide it, and I, think, I don't think she saw like my disappointment. But funny enough, I would play with that one toy, yeah. and I would, I would like, throw, I was, I didn't care about it, so I would like throw it against the wall, and then one day yeah. it like just shattered, and I freaked out. Like I felt kind of bad. I'm like, oh, oh my, my god, I'm so mad, and I pieced it together without glue because you could piece it together, like, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. that turned into like me thinking like, oh, like this is gonna be the guy that dies in the movie. So like. He gets run over by a car and like his splits up everywhere. That was literally Holy became my shit. favorite toy. So fucking, so fucking Quark from DS Nine 
That became... is exactly who that is. It? Uh, I, I figured I'd get it eventually. Weird, uh, yeah, he's yeah. a. Uh, fuck, I forgot the <laughs> alien name. I figured it might be Quark. Uh, that's fucking. So he kept dying over and over. Yeah, your, like, it was almost like I was making fantasy. these movies in my head, and it, I think that like literally became my favorite toy. Weirdly and ironically enough, like it was. It was that's just so hilarious. cool to like. Yeah, like he would sacrifice himself and. <laughs> To save the others. A, a very uncork thing to do, I should add for the, the Trek heads out there. That's that's so funny, man. I don't have anything like like this fucking great as what you just said. I used well, to have like don't? a big C one thirty plane. That was nice. That's that was cute. like a very shoddy thing that I used to just like stuff action figures in and like have them fly around. Oh, you better believe all stuff my... in action figures wherever I could. Boy, we're gonna need some context on what you just said. No, no, I, I had, I, I had yeah. more. Of you put the them dress. in like vehicles. That yeah. was my big thing. Is I like I loved planes. You know those engine yeah. like Humvee jeeps oh. from Jurassic yeah. Park Two. I thought engine. They were the They were like the antagonists, but I thought they were so cool because they just had cool. They had cool stuff. Yeah. Like they had have cool, cool weapons cool and vehicles. Cool and vehicles. Yeah. I was like, I like, I like all this yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. I would just stuff as many like action figures in them. Hell yeah. <laughs> Those little like four inch. Yeah. They were always the four inch ones. Um, but I think uh, I also used it like I had like an ambulance and I would just stuff like action figures in there just so I could organize it. Like that was also just utility. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It really speaks to like. I have I have a son, and what I'm realizing, yeah. like when we look for toys now, is they're all too fucking specific. If that makes sense, it's like you need kind of like a general. I don't know. You need like a boat or like a plane, so like you can let their imagination create the context. And I feel like mm. toys today are very much like. Can you give us an example? This is of something specific. Um, because like I just want yeah, I just want to know like how it is now. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like. Uh, Paw Patrol is like a big thing, apparently. Yeah. Okay. So they're okay. So we got them this like school bus that comes with little figurines that you can like plug into the little slots on the school oh, bus. Oh, so and there's a sound effect. They're very like technical and specific. Like, there's yeah, a lot of, exactly. Like, and it's yeah. like there's no other. You can't get a GI Joe and sit him in the school bus and have <laughs> it make sense. It would look yeah. dumb. It would like a kid would be like. This character doesn't belong in this like cartoony little bus. You just want to have like a generic yeah. like bus as opposed to like yeah. That's make yeah. things generic again. <laughs> Listen, that, make America generic, generic again. MAGA. MAGA. Oh fuck. Yeah, taken already. I guess. Um, <laughs> like I said it up beautifully. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Boy, yeah, oh boy. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. No, Moon. He's great. Moon. He's great. Yeah. Galaxy Quest. He's always great. He's won fucking two Oscars now, I think. Has he? So he's definitely gotten his, like... His guys do. Yeah, he's gotten his due. Um, he was in the movie Heist. Remember that movie? With- nope. <laughs> he's done a lot of shit, too. I was looking at his IMDb, and I was like, he's been in some fucking duds, for sure. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, he, got he was great in Charlie's Angels, I will say. Who was he? Was yeah, he, he was one of the boyfriends? Charlie. He's the guy that, like, gets kidnapped but ends up being the bad guy. Why, I don't remember that. Wow. Um, spoiler alert. Really but, speaks to his... Oh, wait, you're talking about the new one? No, the old one. Oh, the old one. Okay. Yeah, like I, uh, the, yeah, first one, the, or the first one. movie. The first Cameron Diaz one. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, I just I was telling Brent the other day, 
how like Cameron Diaz just retired in 2014 and no one like even cared or anything. It's like it just like I didn't uh, even yeah. know she retired. She actually physic she actually stated that she's retired. Yeah, she like, she gave explicitly. some interview recently. I I don't know, man. It's there's a lot of stuff there, you know. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear like the story. I I need to watch the video why, but it's like Yeah. Hollywood notoriously dumps actresses when they get to a certain age, and that probably has a factor. Well, she to says it. something to do with like. Well, I don't know. You're probably right. I'm just. Mm-hmm. I just read that it was that she wanted to raise her kid or something, and like. So it's like a Miranda. She didn't want to like. She didn't want to travel so much. Cause well, like, yeah, that makes sense. For and I was sure. like, okay. I mean, yeah. You're and you she. Don't she has like yeah. It, I yeah. mean, those residuals, man, from Charlie's Angels, from Mask. Like she's been in so many big hits too. Yeah. But it's just um, funny how I just never thought about her until just some random like I don't know I think I just read yeah. it randomly. You, you know, don't read like you don't really think like oh yeah Cameron Diaz fuck yeah. that's right she was in mm-hmm. I don't know yeah she's in some rom coms and then just because like, she, there she's, goes. she's just one of those she's one of the biggest she was one of the biggest actresses in Hollywood now mm-hmm. just kind of she yeah. has a wine company. Well, that's cool. I mean that's why she's retiring right there. That's like the fucking uh, yeah. the Godfather man. <laughs> oh fucking Coppola. <laughs> Coppola. Can't even remember. Dude, Coppola's his wine's name. pretty good. It's cheap. I've been meaning to try it. It's yeah, good. I need to try it. It's I gotta get the Coppola wine. <laughs> so what else? Do cheap you need? and good. That's all you need. I'm not a wine connoisseur, so it, I'm not a wino, so I don't know anything like <laughs> what the difference between. Yeah, like, he makes a lot of reds. Glass. I'm not a big red reds guy. Do you like reds, Eric? Do you I, like wine, I don't drink wine much, but okay. I, I like Moscato, I guess, which I feel Scott, is the like, mm-hmm. most basic thing to say. It's, I mean, it's very sweet. <laughs> yeah, a, for sure. Man, I know more about wine than you guys, huh? I guess that makes me pretentious. One of my favorite things about <laughs> – I was talking to somebody about wine, and I started talking about yeah. hot dogs, and I mentioned Dom in both of those conversations. Uh-huh. And it made me laugh that the person <laughs> I know who knows the most about hot dogs is also the person I know who knows the most about wine. Well, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, shit. Okay. Rockwell. To get back to the point that was started roughly 35 <laughs> minutes ago, yeah, I think, yeah, at this yeah, point. yeah. yeah. Sure. Welcome to Director Showdown, folks. Um, <laughs> is that, yeah, the scene at the end of the movie, which we're getting to right now, we have it playing in the background, uh, is really fucking powerful and really great, where it's like he has his big, like, I don't know, I, I'm like trying to analyze the type of character he is, but I guess that's like what YT's trying to point out is like, he's a Nazi, at the end he's still killing Americans. yeah. But also, he's a complicated guy where he's like, he is definitely gay. Well, I mean, like, and you, it's like you being can covered be up. gay, love your country, be a Nazi. Yeah, because exactly, we're all yeah. complicated people. I think that's yeah. that's how it was. You know, it's like, I mean, like, I I'll say it. Like, I love being an American. I love my country. Adam, but how you know, dare you say that on. I know, right? And it's it's funny that I can't. It's it's like weird that yeah. like. I, I feel uncomfortable saying that now, which is weird <laughs> to me. And yeah, like, yeah. I it's, it doesn't make me a blind patriot. Like, I don't, I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't, I vote. I mean, I'll even say I voted for Bernie Sanders. Like, I still love America. And then that doesn't just because like of the things that America has done wrong mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I don't like appreciate it. It's because of the there's there's so many complexities. Like my me my dad was in the Air Force, and like I grew up in like you know like appreciating America. I don't feel like I was indoctrinated because like, I still can look at things from, you know, a, a, a little bit more in an objective sense. Cause I've went to college and talked to people and like mm-hmm. 
seeing different perspectives and all that. It doesn't mean I can't like love like my country. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I I think like it's just like being masculine. It's right. There's there's masculine itself is a neutral term. Ironically enough, mm-hmm. it's like the the problem is where the toxicity comes from because there's there's a reason why it's you say toxicity first and then you say <laughs> to, masculinity to set up the right? following word you can't yeah, just exactly. say masculinity being inherently something wrong because that would just that would be leaving out a lot of things right yeah, same yeah. with like femininity like you you have to compound it with something else right mm-hmm. so like that's why i kind of love this sort of like it forces, like, when you see Sam Rockwell's character, it forces you to have to, like, look at Nazis that you all, that we all just, like, put into a group and say that they're all the same. But yet you look at Sam Rockwell and you're like, well, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're individuals, too. I think you the thing, I mean? the thing that's, I, 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 on the second and even the third viewing now that we're watching on mute, that I'm getting out of the Sam Rockwell character is that, he he's still a Nazi. He's like like you're saying, but I think he sees a lot of himself in JoJo. Yeah. And what you're talking about with yeah. the masculinity, he's obviously gay and he's into these things that are quote unquote not masculine. And at the end, he knows this is the end. So he's like, now's my chance. This is that's his coming out party where he's there in his suit yeah. and his fucking. And he does it in a masculine way too. <laughs> in the, at the same time, like he, he's in this masculine dominant pose. Firing a fucking machine gun with eyeliner, with eyeliner, with his fucking <laughs> yes. boyfriend, yeah, with his boyfriend, <laughs> Dion Green, with like a yeah. radio or whatever it was. Uh, radio. But I, I think that's why he saves yeah. him because I, you you think about like okay, like Sam Rockwell, like if he actually has hmm. this this heart or whatever, why is he still there? He's like it's because it's too late for him, and it's not too yeah. late for JoJo, he, yeah, which is He's, why he saves him. Yeah, dude, it's like that. God damn, that's what. Rockwell plays, I think, so well yeah. that you pick up on multiple rewatches is is the tragedy behind the character. Because, like, what plays as comedy at the beginning where he's like, uh, Hitler, guys, and he's just mm. so, like, whatever. It's very, it's funny because, like, he can deliver line, like, funny YTD lines in a funny way. Yeah. But ultimately, you realize, like, by the end of the movie that, like, he has given up. He realizes that, like, his story has pretty much come to an end. Mm. because his story is so tied to the narrative of Germany. And it's like, they're coming to an end. It's like, he realizes that like, yeah, it's, it's a fucking rap, you know, on, yeah, this, on he my even story. says This is the end. Yeah. Yeah. The and I, I do. Yeah. I love that. Like, yeah, I think he does totally see mm. himself in, in Jojo, like uh, his younger self where at the end, I, that scene is so fucking good, man, where he's yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's like, get away from me, you dirty Jew, and, yeah, you, and spits on him and plays it so up. So heartbreaking just, and Takes great. his jacket, yeah. right, to, pr- yeah. to basically yeah. make him more anonymous. Um, it's great. Yeah, it's such a good moment. Yeah, to add uh, add that heroism aspect to this character and, and let his final act be something heroic, heroic, even though no one will ever really know except for JoJo. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no exactly. one, no one will ever know about him and what he did, and that's the that's part of the the great tragedy to it. Um, my girlfriend's coworker saw this a little after we did, and she I think she enjoyed it, but she felt that she didn't like that they humanized the Nazis, and I think I, I disagreed with her, but at the same time I didn't know how to, and I think you've 
kind of mm. explains very well, Adam, in the sense that it's already blatant. Nazis are bad. Like we know that going into this movie. So them being humanized doesn't necessarily mean that like, well, the, 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 the key to humanization is to understand that Nazism or Republicanism or <laughs> Catholicism or any ism that you put out there mm-hmm. is simply ideas that memes that are in our brains. Anyone can have a bad idea. Anyone can have a good idea. That's the key to humanization is knowing that Nazism was simply a software update into these people's brains and they followed suit. And doesn't mean that they could have had the, I don't know, they could have had uh, some other software updates that are more liberal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because we're all humans and that we're all alike in that way. And if we just like, if if we take like the bad aspects of saying like, um, if, if we, if we, if we dehumanize and put it down to the basic genetic levels of saying that they had no other, like they are just inherently Nazis and there's no other choice in the matter, then that's the dehumanization. Mm-hmm. I, you know I feel I mean? like the, uh, yeah, like what you're saying, Eric, like the, the criticisms that I heard from, from some people were just the, I think related to the timing of it also yeah. was very much like, like humanizing them now at this moment in time. Sure. It's like, you could also argue that like, maybe that's the best time to do it, but also it's like maybe an unfortunate time to do it. I mean, who cares what time it is because we already, I mean like a war was fought. Nazism is defeated at least in this sense. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean. Like that's what I meant when I had my long like monologue about like, at the beginning of this was that the, the, the it, ha, it almost had to be Nazis because there was no other like flagrant way because of how we're, I think as a, a Western society, we're so like set on the, like on a religious, almost on a religious standpoint on how like objectively evil any like sort of Nazism is. And, when you start talking about objectivity, a lot of things start happening in a in a negative sense. The dehumanization. I mean, what do you think? When mm-hmm. Jews were were deemed objectively evil by the Nazis, mm-hmm. right? So, I think that it's like when when you have it's like like I like I said, it's like this sort of mission creep of like liberal societies always having to have a baseline of Nazism as like an objective evil. And then it always cascades into like comparison to Nazism, which is just so unproductive because it's that, that was then what are we talking about now? You know? Mm -hmm. And I think like having this deconstruction is a way to just say, fuck, fuck having to always talk about Nazis like this, like just calling someone a Nazi is like the just end all be all thing. Mm-hmm. Or a fascist end all be all thing, like let's have more productive talks on like what is actually someone's agenda as opposed to just being so like let's just get back to this evil baseline that we always do. Yeah, I, I think up until recently, recently I felt like calling somebody a Nazi was very like agreed upon that that was bad. Mm. Um, I know that a lot of stuff has happened where a lot of people feel comfortable coming out and saying 
the opposite and mm. to a degree. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the thing with a lot of political like talk in general is that you have these buzzwords and you have these buzzwords. Yeah. You have, I mean, fucking Ben Shapiro says virtue signaling and all these fucking dorks are like every time someone mm. says something about, you know, them protesting, Oh, you're virtue signaling. Like, do you not realize? Like, I mean, I mean, same with the left, like yeah. hearing like dog whistling, like it's all these, yeah. all these buzzwords as opposed, like there's always, because it's like, again, it's like I'm I'm talking in general. Like you have this sort of virtual like thing in front of you, and you perceive anything that that thing is doing as intentionally malicious and bad because that's your because like the the your Hitler or whatever your subconscious is saying like Hey, this right here, this is bad, and whatever they do is bad, and you're going to spin it in whatever way that you want, as opposed to actual communication and actual engagement, mm. which is the the real solution to humanization in general is and everyone's at fault of this I am you are everybody yeah. is because we don't have the brain capacity to like like empathize so much with everybody we have to car park it takes so much effort we just need to have that also as a it's like understanding that bias within us and knowing to not completely act on it but not to also like torture ourselves like we're fucking evil people for thinking that either you know it's like that Mm. it's that balance i think yeah well and i think i yeah i mean to we you guys want to get into like final thoughts here? Yeah, and we can wrap it up. Wrap but it up, yeah. uh, I think that's uh, kind of the crux of why Jojo Rabbit works so well is that like the push and pull of that you know mm. whether it's like their ideologies or it's like the that's just all fucking subtext for what's going on with like Jojo Rabbit. Um, I think that's like why that's like all the best shit in the movie is like them learning from each other basically and yeah. then you know jojo kind of coming to realize that like uh, maybe this thing that i so desperately want to be a part of is like not exactly you know the best it's like it's it's it literally causes the death mm. of his mom and then that is kind of one of the big uh that's that like you know rolls into the climax and that's like why and, he and changes. Elsa realizes that he's not just some uh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, some fanatic. He's just a you know a boy who got caught up in it's, something. Yeah, you know? and it's the the humanization. I yeah. think that. Um, yeah, I, I feel like after learning. us talking about it this time, yeah. I, I think I'm I'm gonna grow to like this movie even more when I watch it next mm-hmm. time. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 Waititi kind of in in a similar mode to Boy, but with maybe larger goals larger than that goals, movie yeah. where where boy is a very personal movie it feels almost autobiographical sometimes um you know down to the kind of like maori like lifestyle and stuff like that this is like him uh i almost said i'll just say it like hashtag getting political uh <laughs> I mean, you, but, you can't help it when this is a political satire. I mean, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, exa- exactly. It's like he was only like it, it was it was the fucking comparisons were going to were always going to be there yeah. to fucking Blazing Saddles or, you know, uh, I almost said the greatest showman. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the What's it? The dictator one, the Charlie Chaplin. Uh, yeah, it's greatest, called the greatest, greatest dictator. The greatest dictator. Um, but yeah, it's it's it follows in in the the kind of steps of those movies and uh, does something that's like sweeter than you expect. 
and has more kind of heart than you expect. Those, those movies, both of them, I think, have kind of a harder edge to them um, that this movie doesn't really have because I don't think Waititi really has that in his DNA to make like a really, I don't know, like super hard hitting, like uh, depressing, like cynical thing. I don't think he can really do that. Um, mm. But um, yeah, it's it's really good and it's exciting that this is the type of movie that he decides to make after fucking Thor Ragnarok. Uh, and we're about, sh- about to watch the uh, mm. fuck you Hitler kicks him out the window. It's really just great. A little Heil. Yeah, just, just a little Heil. Yeah. Best PG 13 utilization of the F word oh, of shit. fuck. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize that they saved I didn't know it was PG 13 until you mentioned it. I was like, Oh yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Cause the, the thematic stuff is, is pretty heavy, but, um, and then, oh God, we didn't even talk. Yeah, going out to the German version of oh, Bowie's Heroes, his best song, in my opinion, personally. Uh, such a good fucking song. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a great movie, and I think it's going to age real nicely. It's a perfect YTV ending. Channel. I fucking love I cried at the ending just because it was so beautiful, and I'm going to sound like a nerd saying that, but mm. um, there, I, I, there are things that, when when he first sees the hung bodies with with Rosie and he turns his head and he talks about well what did they do and she says they did what they can and right before he lets Elsa line. out he's he's repeating that speech from the beginning of the movie like Jojo um, I did what I can and I felt like that's such a like maybe that's mm-hmm. essentially the 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 theme of of the movie is you do what you can you know and and. It's and let it all go after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the final quote. Does anybody have that? Rita Maria. Yeah, the quote's fucking good. It's gonna play Kilty. honestly. Yeah, in a few yeah. Minutes. Um, yeah, I, I just love that. And then and she talks about like he she talks about dance. Rosie talks about dancing, and he's like, only unemployed people dance. Mm, and she's like, no, point. people who are free dance. And obviously, like they're free of of you know Nazism, but he's also free of of you know being free to be who he is, who he actually wants to be. And he's not held down by these, these, these stereotypes or held down by these like but notions. trying to get into the club. Yeah. yeah. Trying to be in a club. He can be himself, which mm. I feel just, this goes back to like Sam Rockwell coming out, you know, and, and that like, in, in the sense that like he, he, he's basically doing what Sam Rockwell did, but now he, it's the optimistic version yeah, where it's like, exactly. he's not about to die. He's about to like live, live. like literally. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. But yeah, the back and forth with the dancing and like, you know, little by little. This, this super Wes Anderson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> super Wes Anderson ending. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the color palette is just so vibrant and those center frame shots and they're just awkwardly dancing for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And it's it really good. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say real quick context on this. Uh, I watched uh, the DGA's um, like panel that they, they do every year. Um and YTD was on it with like uh, Scorsese and fucking Tarantino, I think, too. Some other people. Fucking uh, Jesus Christ. Who was it? Uh, no, that was the prior year. I was thinking of the Green Book guys. I don't know how the fuck they were Fairly. there. Um, yeah, the fir- <laughs> one of the Furley guys. Uh, but no, the, but this one's great. It's like a three-hour fucking panel. I would recommend everybody check it out. I'll post it with this episode. Uh, but YTD talked about how like early on he like literally just had right, the image. Oh yeah. Let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. A very Buddhist 
Yeah, no feeling is final is Very a fucking Buddhist, incredible uh, yeah. thing to fucking remember. It's great. It's funny, like, it wasn't the swastika. That's why it's interesting to use the swastika. Swastika was derived from what? A Hinduism. Hinduism. It was, but it was yeah. reverse. Yeah, it was, it was reverse, backwards. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting to have that sort of yeah. um, juxtaposition. Because he was obsessed with swastikas is what uh, Elsa said. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there. No, no, yeah, I was just, I was just gonna say that, like, mm. Waititi said that, like, the final image of like them dancing mm. was like the first thing that he had for the movie, pretty oh, much. Really? And so he said that, like, it was weird working on this movie because it's so different than the others, where he was literally like working to that moment, and he yeah. was like, "That's the moment of like freedom between the two of them that I want to get to. Like, how do I make that happen?" So like that's yeah, how, how do you he get like a wrote how do you get a Nazi and a Jew dancing with each other? Yeah, which is the uh, right. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty great. But yeah, I, Adam, I guess oh, Eric and I say our final thoughts. Right okay, now. yeah, um, I wasn't uh, uh, I wasn't expecting for me to like it as much as I did. I think I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I guess like I'm a bit of. Um, a bit of pretentious film nerd guy where it's like, everybody likes it. Probably not good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I think like, I think, um, based on what I said about like what my literary analysis of this is and how like you really have to throw, you almost have to throw away. Well, you have to look at like that, all the Nazism and all that, stuff was purely um superficial in the way to convey the the deeper interpersonal like relationships and how we how we deal with people that disagree with us in general you know and we and the utilization of something so extreme is something that can like really nail down something that it is not it's not impossible mm-hmm. you know it's not impossible it, who you might think that someone that you're uh, that you vehemently hate and disagree on every ideological or religious basis can still be capable of communication. Even perhaps love is kind of like a hopeful thing, you know? And I think that's what he was going for. And I like that messaging, and I like how he portrayed that. Um, albeit that I feel like it's a bit naive, um, but still earnest in its attempt to do so. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't like, it, it, it's just, it's just like how I feel about yin yang of, of inglorious bastards in this movie. It's like, you know, you can, you can have, you can have a ton of hope between a Nazi and a Jew and you can just have God, Jews a, kill a bunch of Nazis. You yeah, know, and have the, fun. One with ends in too. dancing, one yeah. ends in massacre. And it's, yeah, like, just I feel literally like that's suicide so, bombing. Like, yeah, uh, holy yeah. Shit, man. Yeah. And I think that's, I think th- that's the beauty of just like everyday life almost. Like it, it's so complex and so caught up in all these emotions and so much differences that, uh, it's it's just like it's just the wonder of film, I guess. You know what I mean? That yeah. it can bring you uh, such different perspectives. And Jojo is Jojo Rabbit is a great film to add onto a diversified portfolio yeah. of unique perspectives. And I think that uh, 
this movie won't go down as a movie that is about Nazism. I think it'll go down as a movie of emotional understanding. And I hope that people take that away. Because I read some criticisms, which mm-hmm. is what you brought up, Eric, was like like making Nazis human, which is like, yeah, but that's not really the point. It's just mm-hmm. making anyone human. That, that's really what it's all about, I yeah. think. It's just a very, it's a, it's a bunch of human, it's a human story about people who are, who are beautiful and fucked up at the same time, just like we are, and how they have to cope with other people who are the same way, you know? Yeah. So. That's great, man. Yeah. That's really, that's a really fucking good note to uh, end the, end of the fucking season, I think, mm-hmm. man. Um, but on that note, I guess, We're gonna do I don't know ranking. if you got the, I don't know if you got the movies up. Um, can you. Lay them out for me, okay, Chief. Okay, Eric, feel free to participate in this. Dude, we, yeah, don't wanna, honestly, we don't want to exclude you. So there's there's yeah. eleven movies. Um, because of my fuck up, there are six YTD movies, five Edgar Wright. So should we start Let's, with? Want to go through the season? I guess like should, what we. Well, should we just go through each director and then rank yeah. them, and then after that we'll do a results who win who wins the who wins the season yeah, who, you get oh to you boy. get to uh see this live <laughs> usually this or, is yeah, yeah usually this is, this is like on the factory floor like we don't have guests <laughs> for this shit yeah um but uh yeah we'll see how this goes a bit of a treat a uh, bit of a treat we, a bit of say. a treat uh okay so <laughs> okay uh edgar wright had Shaun of the dead okay hot fuzz scott pilgrim mm. the world's end Baby Driver. Okay. Those five. Are we... Uh, okay. Should, should we start with Edgar Wright's ranking? Uh, Since you just... Sure, yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. Do you... <laughs> should we go back I, and forth? I... I <laughs> oh, shit. Back and forth. Start, starting with last? Yeah, the worst Ooh, one. Ooh, man. Um, All right, you go yeah. first. Yeah. Okay, want me to go first? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me look at things again here. I... You know what? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> we all know what baby the, driver baby driver too okay bazinga last place okay, okay yeah this is so, a testament to how good the other movies are though it is, it, it is it, it truly is. i feel truly like i is. i brought that up on the episode yeah. it really is a testament to how good he is as a all director right, i'll say i'll say my next one since you said the last okay one. okay okay um fuck <laughs> damn that's hard i i don't i i can't i don't <sighs> i think i know mine pretty pretty easily i know what yours is pretty I'm going to say Scott Pilgrim versus the world too. Scott Pilgrim. I knew, I knew number it. four for me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wow, dude. So his Cornetto for both of us is like the prime three. Thanks to John. John, yeah. really, John really dude, listened to your, ep- I listened to the episode John before I ever really watched it fucking, and it really enhanced the movie for, for sure. Me. He like man, lawyered yeah. that movie for me. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm buying what you're selling. Dude, I, I still I'm put Scott Pilgrim over it though. The thing is Scott Pilgrim is so good. So good. All right. Next one then. Okay, number three for me. Well, yeah. and this, the, uh, huh? Well, this changed say, for me. It changed. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, same. Yeah, Shaun, Shaun of the Dead. Are we have this? No, we're not. I don't think. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> number two, uh, Hot Fuzz. See, yeah, that's not, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, my mine would be uh, uh, World's End for sure. For number two, yeah. So that's my number one, and that's honestly what I went into. Mm. The season's still thinking. You like wanted to subvert everyone's expectations because you just kept saying Hot Fuzz is probably my number one. 
I, I didn't mean that. But the thing is, I fucking just love kidding. Hot Fuzz. And the thing is, I, yeah. I beginning of the season, I would have expected Shaun of the Dead to be my number two. Yeah. But Hot yeah. Fuzz is like real close to the world's end for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a great filmography. He really. He really. Does he have it. any that we left out? He had um, a fistful of fingers, but I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, really I don't count. even know how easy that is to see, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, we're gonna cover last night in Soho whenever that comes out. Yeah, um, that'll be exciting. I just, well, like, yeah, I, I think the last two just came down to purely subjective sort of like taste, and I know that yeah. I relate more with like Nicholas Angel than at any of the yeah, characters. Yeah, and I relate on. more to. His character from the world. Oh yeah, it justifies um, your uh, position of number number one. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, what what about what yeah? About what you, about you, what, are, what would yeah. you say if you have a list on the, at the top of your head? Like, I so like going off of just like a personal like movies I like. I know just by the context, like World's End is probably the better movie. But right. I, I just love Scott Pilgrim so much. And What's wrong with that? Yeah. Diving into that, like. I think you guys talked about it. Like, I just seeing him do what he did with Scott Pilgrim makes me would have loved to see what he would have done with like Ready Player One if he got the chance. God, yeah, that would have been. Oh, oh, that would have been a great. Movie that, <laughs> that is so good, really good. It and is. I like fine. a lot. It is I like it. I saw it it's on a good. plane, so I, I was. I don't know if it was. Like, hey, well, I enjoyed it. Let's His drive version. backwards because no one thought of that. His version. Maybe would have been a little more modern. I mean, Spielberg was a little masturbatory with it. Like, everything oh, was just hey, <laughs> little. Hey, a little masturbatory. He was cranking no his hog. No one he was right there like on Spielberg. the fucking screen. We know it. Like, he was looking directly at you or just He like, was staring at us woo. in the eyes, being like, my movies, pretty good, huh? But I, I like I, them. And I was like, yep. I became good. a hey. fan of Branley O'Malley's comics and... um I I just think that that what he like there's so many aspects to Scott Pilgrim. I mean, it's one. I think it's the most rewatchable, probably besides Hot Fuzz. It's really rewatchable. There's a lot. It's yeah. dense. Like yeah. a, a dense movie. Like definitely. And it's long, but it doesn't feel long. And I, I think a lot of most of his movies are like two hours plus. And um, I just I just love what he did with it. And uh, you know, go diving into the whole story. I I would have loved to see him do more. And I would love to see like a TV a TV series made out of it, the comics and mm. um, there's even, even animated. Yeah. Like you could, you could do a hell well, of a talking animated... about that. Oh, right. He I, was, I feel like I heard that. Yeah. Edgar Wright was on uh, the big picture with Sean Fennessy. And I think they had mentioned either, there was either a pitch for that or there was a possibility that they may do it in the future. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I love that movie and there's, there's a part in there that I think it's so subversive because so many people have different perspectives of it. There are obviously like, misogynistic aspects of the movie but that's on purpose like scott's not a good person you know no, you guys yeah. talked about this yeah yeah but uh there's a part in there but who is a good person <laughs> Eric? there's there's a part in there where where he's in bed with uh ramona 
and he. Oh, I remember that part. <laughs> oh, in your the movie. your girlfriend. Yeah, my girlfriend. I let her. I you I, know, she asked like me, we've mentioned on every episode, never forgot to mention for six episodes. Yeah, she she's like, hey, babe, is it cool if I, you know, get in bed with Michael Sarah? I'm like, yeah, that simp. <laughs> sure, I don't give a fuck about fine, that. Yeah, fine. I know you coming back home to me, baby. You mean that dork. <laughs> There's there's a part and it's turned into like a meme about consent Mm. and like where he's like, hey, uh, are we going to have sex? And she's like, yes. And then he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then she's like, we're not having sex. He's like, oh, okay. And like the first interpretation of it is this is what consent is like. He did the right thing because she changed her mind in the middle of it. And then someone said, no, it's actually the other way around. She was initiating it and could sense that he didn't feel comfortable. So she's the one who decided we're not going to have sex. And I just thought that was so interesting because I I, I think the second interpretation is right, but I would have never noticed it without this meme. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. And I I think there's so many aspects of that movie that are like that. And I, I love hearing different perspectives and hearing, especially like women who love that movie may get a totally different perception of it. And Ultimately, I, I think that they just do right. They want to do right by the comic. Edgar Wright does right by the comic, and uh, <laughs> yeah. also I, I think that they they make it different enough to where it stands on its own. But yeah, that, that's my number one. Nice. And would you rank the other ones? Uh... Um, Baby Driver is definitely last. Um, like I said, it's just a testament to how good It's like a hard last, which is the funniest thing about that movie. I, it's insanely watchable. It's but so, it's it like yeah, good. Yeah, I hope it. Soho is like. I hope his new one is like up there. I really hope. It's but good. I mean, you know, like it, it's a testament to yeah. like how yeah. good Edgar Wright is For because sure. his worst movie is still like a watchable, fun movie. Mm. World's End. I just I've only seen it once, so maybe this is why. But I have that in fourth. And I have Hot That's Fuzz fair, yeah. at third and Shaun of Dead second just because mm. I have yeah. – when I discovered Shaun of the Dead, I felt like For I had sure. never seen a movie like that. Like it felt the way I felt watching Wes Anderson for the first time yeah. because yeah. I was still kind of a kid. you know. And I, this is when I'm like getting into like films. <laughs> uh, and Film. I had this really great uh, video tech teacher who got me into these things. And I watched Steven Soderbergh's Bubble, which was in hindsight kind of boring. Maybe I need to rewatch it. But I was that kind of kid. And yeah. I felt like this was the best of both worlds because it was the first time I could watch a, a film and still feel like I was watching the pop culture, what people would consider trash culture mm. at the same time. And I think Shaun of the Dead just, I, it just changed the way I got into movies and i feel i mean you guys talked about this i feel like taika's movies owe a lot to edgar wright's movies because mm. he you know i mean in america at least you know they they made that more more commercial mm, in, yeah. in the best way possible yeah well said and uh speaking of waititi we got six movies <laughs> we got six here. movies i'm want... really fascinated to see where <laughs> i i really honestly didn't Think what? about this ahead of time. So uh, I'm curious to see where I'm going to end up. I'll start with the worst one. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Eric. I know <laughs> it's so fine. poetic. I feel like a dick. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> like listen, now, listen. now I feel shame saying it in front of you. <laughs> listen. But then again, I mean, you know. E- EVS. EVS. EVS, number, number says. Sorry, um, Eric. Again, <laughs> you were you were a wonderful guest. The it thing just, is, you made, yeah. yeah, you, you definitely brought guest. me around yeah. a lot on that movie. <laughs> you had, truly, you, you, yeah. you had the 
you you did your best on making the case for that movie, and you brought me a little bit higher yeah. than it would have would have been. I'll yeah. say that it's a for baby sure. driver situation for sure. Uh, Is it's, it he gets he gets. <laughs> it's his first movie, you know. It's his first crack at the bat. Um, we all we all fail. Do you want to go yeah. first with your second? Well, uh, or I no, guess no, it'd be, you're up next. Yeah. It'd be the rank fifth. Rank um, five. I'm gonna wow. You know. Hold you on. know. I'm going to go for fifth. I'm going to go. Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go Jojo Rabbit. Oh, boy. I, that's <laughs> that's, that's a spicy one. That's a spicy one. That's a mine is, a spicy is one. Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think, I think uh, despite being a very enjoyable movie, I think it's just, uh, it's simply that. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I fucked up. That's my thing. <laughs> I did this last season, too, where I was like, oh, no. You know what? Actually, you're right. Uh, because, fifth like, is, is Thor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I was listening to that episode actually earlier today mm-hmm. where we talked about the, the compromises with that movie. I yeah, think that's what keeps it from yeah. being truly great. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about like, four? Four would be... Uh, this, this one's... Fourth is a little bit... Uh, it's hard for me. It's two movies that are fighting for three here, you know. And I think I'm going to go with uh, what we do in the shadows. Mm. Because I almost wanted to make that three. Because I, I, I think what we do in the shadows is like what got me into Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah. And I just, and it was just, it was just like a comedy that. Was when I saw it, I was like, "This is so refreshing." There hasn't been any good comedy movies in such a fucking long time, and it was like this oasis in the middle of a desert because it's yeah. all Farley Brothers and yeah. all that, all that shit that sucks and destroyed comedy. <laughs> this, and it's one of the best of the last. It just percolated to the surface, and you had, you know, what we do in the shadows, and it was a hit. It was good, but yeah, I mean. It it I I don't think I, I think it is a solid position on it, it's better than Thor I'll say because it has some subtext in it that's actually like social commentary that's interesting yeah um that's done in a kind of layered sense so that's why um I think it's better than Thor Ragnarok you know? yeah so what is yours uh my my fourth is gonna be um. Uh, Wilder people, I think. Yeah, uh, see, that Wilder, was the okay. Yeah, that's the other one. So that's yeah. going to be your your I guess third. number three. Yeah, um, Wilder people is is great. It's it's better than a lot of direct you know, but mm. other comedies you see. Uh, it's a great movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it. So what, what's it. your third? Um, uh, my number three yeah. is going to be Jojo. Number three okay. is where I think Jojo's going to end up. Um, just just wow, our discussion this time. It's, it's going, yeah. 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 Uh, Really, I think like I think before our discussion of it tonight, mm. it would have probably been number five for me. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, I I had to lawyer it for you. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did, absolutely. Um, but you know, one we're going to talk about, I think, is still just like the core mm. of what I think Boy did best. Well, well. It, Kind of already spoiled. Well, we already know the uh, ending of the story. <laughs> what's your the, the next one? Two? Number two would be um, Hunter of the Wilder People, right? Was that no? I mean, no. oh, your three. No, I'm that's sorry, my, that's my three, and then my two would okay. be uh, 
Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Um, which I did not expect, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I did not expect how, how much... Uh, I'd anticipated you were going to take more away from it. When, when I first saw it, I was telling you, like... Yeah, I think you'll, you'll probably like it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. It's good. It's yeah. a good movie. You'll, you'll enjoy it. I mean, like, listen, me? maybe not for me, but I think you'll take something Different away. strokes for different blokes. <laughs> uh, so that's your number two. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think... I think it's just because of um I think I think it's just because of all the things that we talked about just the the layered nature of it. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. obviously we can agree what his number numero uno is. Well, well I didn't say two. Well, what else would that be? Process of I el- mean, are you going to really put <laughs> Listen. Come on. No. Are you no. really? You're okay, not what do we do that. in the shadows. Yeah, it's your number two. It's right? number two, but it's yes. close because I think it's such a good comedy that it literally almost I fucking don't think it surpasses trans- that's... what Boy does. But oh, Boy's number one. That's controversial, right? that statement. I, I think yeah. what we do in the shadows is brilliant yeah. for sure. But to say that it could. Boy is so fucking amazing. Yeah, Boy's great. Boy is so, so good. Great. It's yeah. it, it's it's very much um Boy everything Egg. what we know Egg. of Waititi. <laughs> yeah, what we know of Waititi is Boy. It's like all the there. Rosetto. It's the fucking Rosetta stuff. Rosetta. Man. It's Just in the it. fucking DNA of Boy. Yeah. Uh it's funny. It's dark. It it honestly balances tone better than anything I think he's oh, done yeah, since. For sure. Honestly. Better I than think Jojo Rabbit. Better than Jojo yeah. Rabbit. I think yeah. he has a, such a grasp on the tone um, of Boy that I think, yeah, I think it's his best movie. And uh, I don't know. Now that now that that's been said, well, Eric. Uh, Eric, what, what do you think? <laughs> real real yeah, quick. Yeah, like what do you, th- what, what so, would you kind of like. As much as I love Eagle versus Shark, like I am aware of its flaws. (laughs) Um, That's one of the reasons why I wanted to come on that one because I I wanted to provide the like perspective. No, I did that on Crystal Skull. It's good uh, that you gave us more of a context of 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 your appreciation of it. You know, yeah, Yeah. it's good. I mean, it's still number six when it when you're just going against everything else. Um, Five, I think you guys convinced me to put Ragnarok there because I. I love Ragnarok. And oh, it's yeah. probably one of my favorite Marvel movies, but just in comparison, I, I just yeah. I forget that it's a Waititi movie mm. uh, until I'm someone's talking about it. Uh, four, see, four, one through four is hard because there's right. a lot of recency bias to a point where I can do this anticlimactically, and I, I think Jojo Rabbit's number one for me. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, because that ending just like it. I I love. I can have like a bad movie, and if the ending makes everything worth it, it just puts it on. You know so what's many more so levels. funny is that your number one is JoJo, which you were on, and your number six. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty. That's wild. Yeah, it's my. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with that sentiment, though. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm that way a lot of the time, where it's like if a movie really fucking nails it in the end, yeah. and I didn't care for. I'm trying to think of an example. It leaves like, a good taste in your mouth. Yeah, you don't uh, want to have a sour fuck. taste in your mouth. Like, I think of a movie... Baby Driver leaves a sour taste in your mouth. A little bit of a sour taste. I think of a movie like fucking Soli, uh, the fucking <laughs> Clint Eastwood Soli movie, which I think is a fine movie, but the ending is powerful enough where I'm like, Soli's like good. Oh, it sa- good. saves everything. It kind of saved just just like uh, Soli just, did himself. Just 155 Soli? souls aboard the plane. Well, I think Never like forget. The Mist is a good example of that oh, as man. well. 
the mist. I love the whole movie. Though. Like, but the like, the ending is so good. I mean, yeah, the whole movie is is good. But I think that like, I don't think it would have gotten away with it if it didn't have like that great ass. Yeah. You're right. You're you know right. That I mean? actually, the ending really does like fully. Yeah, yeah because it's it, based you, on yeah. Stephen King novel, right? And Stephen King didn't even come up with that. Yeah, I was going to say he's King so notoriously bad for ending. endings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They even make fun if of that. I thought of that. Yeah, yeah, I would have done. I feel it. like it's, it's canonical now that that's the ending because Stephen yeah. King was like. He said what you said, you know, like that's that's what he would have wanted. He said it's better. Yeah. Um I love that movie. But yeah, I, I just love I mean I I think I can say Wes Anderson's probably my favorite director. Mm-hmm. And the Wes Anderson is not only just the whole movie, but that ending. And then I, I think of when I hear David Bowie, one of the first things I think of is Life Aquatic and the they did the whole sound. So I can't say his name. Say Jorge. Uh, he did the whole soundtrack for the movie in Portuguese of David Bowie songs and putting the song in German. It, it just them dancing and just just like sincere sincerity in like their faces. The kids are so great and like it, it really captures everything. And I just I I moved. I think the ending of Rogue One is what made me love that movie too. Oh and yeah, Rogue One's oh, yeah. probably the best not last ten good. minutes of any yeah, Star Wars sure. movie. I think it's my favorite Star Wars movie ever. And I think it's I just put it over that Empire. ending. Yeah, that ending's, so that good. ending's good. Yeah, that's so funny because like it's bold. I'm, it's a very un Disney yeah. ending. Like yeah. it's still like really commendable that they got Iger to sign off on like. Uh, Wait, we're so we can't? Everyone. Yeah, we can't have these maybe likable characters repeated <laughs> throughout yeah. a franchise. Well, just hmm. wait for the fucking. Uh, there's a prequel hmm. show in production of Diego Luna's character. Well, you know. So even though you know he's gonna fucking blow up <laughs> on, on Scarif, that's what. Uh, that's but, what it was. Shield, Agents of Shield, right? With Coulson. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I, I just love that. For one thing, the context of that too is I went into Force Awakens expecting a darker movie, and I'm like, yeah, it's Disney, but it's gonna, and it was super Disney. Yeah, and mm-hmm. going from that, not being excited about Rogue One, going to watch Rogue One, I watched it with one of my really good friends whose dad had just died. So, re- oh, oh, and that within the year, yeah. So watching it with her and the, the whole weight po- of loss. Yeah. yeah, and like when Jyn Erso's dad dies, shit, yeah. like <laughs> it fucking... fucked both of us up. Yeah, I watched that in Logan in like a week with her. And so like shit, man. The parent, the the week. yeah, the, isn't isn't a. It's kind of a testament. I mean, it, it's tragic that happened, but also in the same way, it's like it's amazing how we can we have these external events and we process them through the exactly the, the yeah through film. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like I've been rewatching. Jesus Christ, I don't. It's I don't okay. Remember. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I've been rewatching Lost, oh, remembering yeah. that like the first watch through of Lost was mm-hmm. like right after I lost my dad, and so like Jack. Oh man. Uh, like losing his dad. I, I, I don't I didn't need to make this that dark, but it's okay. But yeah. no, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's really cool to like, remember like, Oh, that's right. Like you, we attach, you know, yeah. these circumstances well, to the art that we're experiencing. That's, that's art, man. Yeah. We, we, we put ourselves into the struggle that mm. these fictional characters like Dragon Ball Z, the struggle is there. <laughs> they're, they're developing and we, we grow with them and, you know, we see Goku's arc, yeah. and we goes through all this struggle. Just like, I mean, not to sound facetious, but like you deal with the bully at school and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, despite I mean, movies, movies, film, culture. I mean, they they all they're all a way of processing our actual life and find the meaning that isn't there. You yeah. know, we find the meaning through 
the art. Yep. Shit, man. On that note, who's your who? Who's your? I'm. Oh, I this is definitive for me. Definitive. It is definitive. Holy shit! It's yeah. definitive. I think. I think there's no question because we're talking about wow. a director showdown here. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, like, fuck, I'm gonna frame man. it well, like you that. Made, you made me <laughs> definitive now when you said that. Yeah, because it, it, like I was in that boat where I was like, I don't know, but then I thought. What the fuck are we doing? We're yeah, doing a director listen. showdown, baby. Who's the better director? It's easy. Ty- Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, shit. No, I was no, about to be no, like, whoa. No, it's Edgar Holy Wright. Holy yeah. shit. No, Edgar Wright. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he, he comes out listen, on top. The here. fact that his yeah. last place movie for both of us is so, so well entertaining. Directed. <laughs> yes. Is because of his fucking, his attention to detail, detail is insane. Yeah. He is his, like, you, beyond, you just sense yeah. his passion behind like every single mm-hmm. frame. Where, like, you could probably give him a fucking dog shit script, but, mm-hmm. like, it's probably going to be fun to watch because he's going to have fun filming it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much even needs to be said. It's like, it's... You, it, you listen to the whole season. Yeah, you... <laughs> this, we talk about his directing all the time because it's so... Yeah, there's unique. not much of an... There's not much of an argument to be made here. I mean, like... I got a little one. The, okay. I mean, the only <laughs> the only out, thing that, that I could say in Taika's defense is that he's a better writer. Um, because yeah. I, I when, when we... Baby Driver really broke it down to where, all right, we all know it seems like Simon Pegg is kind of like the, skele- the skeleton, even heart of, like, of the Edgar Wright... Yeah, I think it's important yeah. for, and I, I don't think I brought it up on our Baby Driver episode, but I was thinking actually of uh, Tintin, which is a really fucking fun well-written, movie. Yeah. fun movie. Edgar Wright is one of the writers. The other two writers are Joe Cornish, uh, who did Attack the Block, and fucking um, the guy who was writing the uh, Cumberbatch Sherlock, mm. uh, and who did Doctor Who, uh, Moff, Moff, Stephen... Moffat, something like that. But but yeah, it's like it's a testament to like if you get him with somebody, I think yeah. they can come up with because like a fucking Scott gangbuster Pilgrim script. Was it was he used Bre- uh, O'Malley, um, Brian Bre- yeah. O'Malley, yeah, yeah. Brian yeah. Lee O'Malley, and he was on set all the time, and he was like there was that back and forth, and you know he already had like the the skeleton, he already had like the interpersonal relationships, he already had all that established within the comics. Yeah. And then you had Simon Pegg, who has like a, he has a master's in like English or some shit like like some mm-hmm. fucking dude. He fucking banged out a Star Trek script in like <laughs> yeah. fucking a month or something, like and two weeks or something crazy. So like, and then uh, Edgar Wright just doing like Baby Driver. It just shows there's there's something that he just he need not to say that he's not capable of doing something like he did before. Mm-hmm. I just think there's like we'll see we'll see how his trend goes with Last Night and So. It's too close to call. To see yeah, if he, he's, a I, bad I think he's the, the sole writer and director. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Actually, he wrote it with uh, the, the lady who co-wrote um, Christy nineteen seventeen. Christy Wilson, Kim, yeah, Kames, I, I uh, who just got nominated for nineteen seventeen, which, which is great. Yeah, so it's a yeah. I mean, it, it's a great. I wonder how. I wonder what that script looks like. Honestly, uh, but that's a conversation. It probably looks like time. words. It probably um, is words, probably. Uh, but uh, but yeah, in, in Waititi's defense, I mean, like he, Waititi's very personal and really exudes out his own personal experience. Yeah, to you his always films. know it's him. It feels like yeah. it's coming from within him. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like Edgar Wright is like somebody who's very, very influenced by the art he grew up with and has like his own 
flair, but it's not necessarily coming from within. Hmm. So there's definitely an argument for, I think, YTD in that regard. I think YTD does less with more, and it's not any knock on Edgar Wright. But if you look at, I mean, YTD's first three, four movies... The bu- like from a budget perspective, and then from even like the the, the the talent pool. I mean, granted, he did get some very like funny people, just naturally funny people. But it, it 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 the first few films of his just feel so like student film, and I don't mean it as a knock, just mean it like in terms of the budget. Yeah. And I feel like the heart that he puts into them, all of them, uh, for what he was able to do with that budget and with you know the the experience or, or lack of experience at that point, you know, he's got, he gets New Zealand to fund his, you know, his, his, yeah, yeah. his movies. And, uh, and that's not Wait, a knock on New this, Zealand either. What's this, uh, Eagle vs. Shark? Yeah. Eagle vs. Shark, isn't it? <laughs> that's all that's, they that's, say. They don't I say in it. I know. Man, I had Ricky, used to be I had so, Ricky Dog in my head. You used to be so <laughs> good at New Zealand accents. I lost it. I've been listening it. to that podcast and I listened start to it. Start with the egg and go from there. Gus, our previous guest on this show, on Baby Driver, he says that I had a great New Zealand accent. It's like I took it away from you. Oh, you stole it. I stole it from you. Sorry. My girlfriend wanted me to tell you that you have a great radio voice. That's, oh, that's nice. I've heard that before, and that's crazy. This is to very me. soothing. <laughs> that's cool. He's never right? said that about my voice. Which, uh, well, well <laughs> I think you have a good voice too. Man. Uh, that's really nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to say. That's that's season eight. Edgar Wright Edgar won Wright it out, but we had a nice. You know, I don't know, is that a rebuttal? I don't know if that would be considered. What, what do you call when? Remember, remember when like you have the state of the. State of the Union, and then like the opposite party like shows up, and they're like, um, "This is our like this is, <laughs> this is how we viewed that decision." Uh, what do you call those? Yeah. What I don't know. But this that's, is my that's... shoot till you miss and beer pong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my yeah. rebuttal. Thanks for. I mean, uh, it's, it's yeah, it, Taika. Because I can totally see that yeah. perspective. Absolutely, like he. Yeah, I mean he's he's great in his, own, his own way. Yeah, Taika's a great director, and that's why it was a good match up. Yeah, it's a good matchup, and it was a great season. Yeah, man. And uh, any any final thoughts on this season before oh, we geez, say Louise. say uh, sayonara to it forever? Um, uh, no, I think that it's been a lot of fun. There was obviously a big gap. Things are crazy mm-hmm. right now, maybe crazier than ever. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we are workshopping it. Not live, but behind the scenes <laughs> yeah, uh, about yeah. what's coming next. We have a lot of ideas. Um, a lot of things brewing, a lot of things yeah. cooking. And we're going to start getting uh, going on those pretty soon. I think mm-hmm. we're going to have a bonus episode or two, a dealer's choice Ooh, again. What could Maybe those... Eric will win that again. Who knows? <laughs> piss off we'll, we'll, let... <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll let you we'll, we'll let you know what our possible bonus episodes are, Eric. Not you, listener. Because <laughs> yeah. that'll be a fun surprise. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but uh, that, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, no, I think that's it so, for me. So yeah, stay tuned. We ain't going anywhere. And stay inside. Don't go anywhere. And thank you for listening to Director Showdown Season yeah. 8. Thanks, Eric, for being on. Oh, thank you guys for having me on. Also, listen to cover stories. Oh, yeah. Sorry. For <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Cover stories. Yeah. Listen to cover uh, stories. If, if you like this podcast, uh, both Adam and Brent were on my our That's last right. episode. So it's up now. Um, and, yeah, we talked about Donnie Darko and Gary Jules' cover of Mad World. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 
gibt uns eine Chance, doch können wir sie dann 